Thanks to our sponsors, Renault. The Renault Capture, the versatile, compact family SUV. You're still the one I run to, the one that I belong to. You're still the one I want for life. A grain of rice, a grain of rice. Tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Oh, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Morning, folks. Uh, how are you all doing? Um, preview pod for the All Ireland Hurling final on the 14th of July, which is a bit unbelievable. Um, <laughs> Weather from tomorrow beginning to uh, sweat up. Uh, so anyone that's not quite 100% fit will be having a couple of sleepless nights. Uh, it's, it's all the one team at this stage. You know? if, you were, if you were maybe saying you'll get away with it with a wet day or being a little bit cool, you'd miss some of your early season training and your conditioning. Uh, with what we're hearing, we could be looking at up to 30 degrees on, on Sunday. So... Um, Mad, mad, mad times. We we normally associate weather like this, lads, with the Munster final uh, or the Leinster final. Um, you know those hot provincial final days, but uh, things cooling down for all Ireland. But no, um, it's it's going to be hot. Uh, we thank our sponsors, Reno, uh, been with us all year, lads, and a couple of more shows to go. And uh, thanking you so much, and and all our live listeners. Our figures have been unbelievable all year, lads, and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy the last couple. We have plans to come back uh, nearing the end of the club championships, the Cork one, which will be run uh, totally efficiently and will be the first to be in down to semi-final stage. And uh, Mark will be doing the commentaries down there. But uh, delighted to be joined today, guys, as well, by uh, Hoagie, who'll be regular enough with us. And great to have Liam back. Liam Sheedy is with us as well. So we five on the squad today. So a lot to get through. Um, we still try and keep it tidy. Larry's on holidays, but... Uh, He'd be still always reminding me to keep it tidy. So we, we'll do our best, Larry, but with a lot of voices. Strange that it's so you, early. Go on, go on. How tiny is impeccable? I don't know how you managed to get inside the Tipperary County board like to have Sheedy at this morning. Like, like this is just <laughs> as unbelievable. Like. I got the I got the interview pushed. I got the interview pushed back till about four o'clock, Mark. So I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> My well, I knew I I, I knew there was something up at Liam because on the 13th of July, which was yesterday, I, I managed to reap the ripe old age of 50. And I, I was saying when the podcast was due to be done yesterday morning, I was absolutely thrilled. And then when I saw we moved it to Thursday morning, I said, Jesus, that's some time we know, like, you know. Thanks, Dela. <laughs> You're not that fresh, man. I've had fresher mornings. I've never seen any morning now until nearly half past 10, like, you know, it was... Uh, it was a, a great night, I must say. I had, a great, had the family around, and uh, we enjoyed it now, to be honest with you. Like, and when I, w- I was reminiscing with my brother, Richard, when the tractor ran away down the hill, right? I was doing a, I was um, turning hay, and of course, like a young fellow, 11 years of age, was made for skidding on the side of a hill. Next of all, and the tractor turned off, t- took off down the glen, hit the other side of the ditch, and I could hear was my brother running. I had to crawl out of the tractor and I was penned on the ground and I just said to him, 
I said, you never thought 39 years ago that I'd be here today. Well, I said, I thought you were gone that day when I went, and I was flat out in the ground. So here <laughs> yes. we are, 39 years later, Dela, and still, and still standing. Elton well, John, was, I'm still standing. There was a chance that we might not have had to listen to uh, welcome back to Lee Sidley and the Captain Williams Jewelers. <laughs> 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 and all the shite you've been talking. And all the shite you've been talking on this show for the last four years. <laughs> is, there a oh, is this four years already? Jesus, I tell you. With COVID, you, time flies in the when you're having fun. Oh, uh, yeah. Did you, get yeah, the, yeah. did you get the invite, TJ? No, I didn't, Brian. I oh. must have missed out that night. I, I wasn't part of that memo. Is he, yeah. He's not on Facebook either, Hoagie, so you wouldn't see it like your your friend Mark Landers is 50 today, like has a significant birthday. But anyway, so you had it in the house, Mark. You didn't give any local pub a bit of a twist or anything, no? No way, but all the public is, there's too much too much videos there. Like, too much, there's too much chatter. Like all this old Twitter stuff. Everybody's watching podcasts now and they're reading papers and they're getting personally insulted and they're very upset and all that kind of stuff. The best thing and the best advice I could give to any player, stay away from the podcast and concentrate on the training. That would be the best thing they could do. <laughs> were all your well, friends there, Mark? Yeah. Oh, they yeah. were lined up at the gate, but we had to lock the gate early. <laughs> <laughs> there was a few shotguns involved, I'd say. <laughs> oh, the, the coxing the the championships are going to be very interesting now, starting a couple of weeks, I'd say. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well done, Marco. Yeah, we'll we'll get we made it to 50, and it's not a bad uh, decade. Not a bad decade. No. Uh, TJ, you can't be far off that there yourself, kid. I know. I have a bit of living to before I get there. You're, you're ahead of me, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy enough. Yeah, well, Liam, Liam and myself are well into the stage. We're well into it. <laughs> um, I Liam, does I no, you have any notion, Liam, of doing a Jack O'Connor, like, third time back, third all no, Ireland? No notion. No notion. Come on, Liam. Come on, admit it. No, um, and he has the Tipperary gear on today. Look, you can see, look, you can see the stripes are on by. He's he's sending out a message. I tell you, it's um, that's tough, it's tough. Like, I, I need that no column. Um, you know, I suppose he went in, went in, you know, picked it up. Um, you know, championship didn't go well. Um, it's like it's never a nice place. Look, I went in in 2003 actually as a selector with Mike Dial, and after one year. We went in after Nicky, and after one year, we were we were showing the door as well. Um, like it's never nice when it gets to that. Um, and you know, I think you know, Colm, he's done. You know, you 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 most of the people on this call outside of hockey, you don't you don't know him from inside the white lines. He was incredible. He was some man for Tipperary. Like the career he had, still going in ninety seven day low centre yeah. back, and had a fine game again in the in, in the All Ireland final. Exactly. So. It's never nice when it ends like that, but you know, I suppose three-year contracts mean nothing. The bottom line is there's a review done every year, and for whatever reason, it, it didn't seem to it didn't seem to work. And obviously, with Tommy and and Paul, I think Tommy was always due to stay for a year, but Paul then moving away as well meant that half his management team were gone. So trying to get, you know, it's hard to get people to commit if they look and see. Well, maybe where's Tip at? And they're after losing the four games in the Munster Championship. Um, but I, I'd have a, a certain amount of sympathy for. For column, uh, I don't think anybody wanted it to to, to finish this way uh, for him. So, you know, as I said, he should be remembered for what he was for Tipperary, an incredible, iconic figure uh, inside the white lines. And for whatever reason, you know, the last year hasn't has, hasn't gone well, and there was a bit of it sounds like there was a bit of discontent. And you know, maybe the best thing to do is is for for column to part company. Uh, but it's it's um it's it's not nice when he finds himself in that position, especially 
considering like he went in probably you know when a lot of a lot of people weren't putting up their hands and some people walked away and said they weren't up for it he was the man that went in and grabbed it be the, be the horns and hasn't worked out so i feel for him today uh, it's not nice um but you know as i said no one Colin Bonner, he's you know better man he'll dust himself down and as i said he's he's done wonderful things in tip he's that you know he's done he's you know for carlo he's he's, he's a really well respected figure and you know it's unfortunate it ends well, this well, one for IT as well, yeah. What he has done down there, incredible. Yeah, the great players that he yeah. has put through his hands there, and, and they've gone on to be some of the greatest hurlers of all time. Like, I think yeah. Henry, TJ, all these guys. You go down there, Huggy. No, no, I went up to the big smoke up in Dublin, but uh, yeah, JJ and all that, yeah, they're all down there, yeah, and they'd all have great time for him. I think he was uh, a great bond, he seemed to have a great bond with all the players down mm-hmm. there, and you know, their experience in. Both in the hurling and just in a personal capacity, I think they all speak very highly of him. Yeah, and we wish the best of luck to Colum. <clears throat> a hell of a nice guy. Uh, anytime you meet him, all the Bonners, uh, great hurling family. Um, and but uh, Dela, no Dela, it is, it, it, it's tough. Like it's tough when it comes to this situation. Like you know, that like as Liam said, like you, you have a three-year contract. You are making your plans for your three years when you're getting your backroom staff together and all that kind of stuff, like you are looking to, to getting the job done over three years. Like, but I've often said this about like the, the amateur association. Mm. It's a very tough situation because I'd say Cullum and his family and all his close friends are feeling it today for him today. But like in the soccer, like when the fella gets to, you know, moves on to his chip for Millions, like, you know, whereas it's it's really personal when it comes to it, like, and I and you are personally feeling for a person, um, who, who, and and this is happening in club as well as as well as in the county. It's just a tough position now, and it does possibly send out a message to any new managers or any prospective managers, be it club or county. They will shy away in some respects because you know the expectations have gone so high in management now, and you know. There seems to be a requirement to have instant success in some situations. And if you don't get the instant success, it's the management always seem to get the fire. And I don't think that's right, I must say. Um, I suppose it, it does come down to expectations, but there is, in, in the current amateur status, there's a lot of people being lost on the management side to the game because of the expectations that are being that are being set on them. And I do feel for Cullum today and his family. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, yeah, totally concur as well, Mark. And, you know, like, I, I, I wound up doing nine years of this thing, and Liam, you've probably as, as many done more, maybe, I don't know, but I never really, I, I think Dublin announced two years when I went up to Dublin, but I was very much always uh, spoke to John Costello and said, we'll, we'll give it a go for a year and see, and after the year we'll decide, is this going to get better or worse? And I did very same with Claire. It was a one-year thing in Have a Shot at it, and wound up doing three with Claire and six with Dublin, obviously, but I... I I just be very open to that, Mark, and even even with a club, even with my own club now back again. If it's not the right fit at the end of the year, you, I think you know you have to look at it now. And I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, and for Colin, maybe he wanted to say, but when you saw Tommy and Paul Curran pulling out, I suppose you were saying, "Geez, you know, already is is there is there something not a hundred percent here?" So he might be better off for his own, you know, for his own peace of mind. Um, and that's that's. For me, that that's a big thing. Is is your own? You're not enjoying that, and if you're if things are going against yeah. you the whole time, you're constantly fighting and you're not sleeping. And we saw even in John Kiley's interview how he's after seventeen, how he's walking up and down yeah. his back garden, 
saying, am I the right man for this? It's, t- it's fair torture now, that manager's That's role. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because you is, is like Mark doesn't know the air a bit more, Dalo. <laughs> it's a bit he walk out the back gate. I'll go out the back gate and find my me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it'll be interesting, Dalo, to see. Uh, obviously, there's a situation in Waterford which could mm. have a, a bearing on what happens in Tip. So that's always going to be. What's that situation, TJ? Yeah, the, the, the other thing I'll come back to that. The other, the other thing in Liam was probably the most recent man there. We to say like, like to do this job now, right? It has changed enormously, even in the last ten years, right? This is all-consuming, huge amount of resources required, massive amount of time. I'm not, like, I think Liam, you spoke about before, like we up to maybe forty, fifty, sixty hours a week just on the, the, the job, like in terms of trying to get everything done. So it's not for everybody, and it's very difficult. And there is sometimes a disparity in places, whether it be Clover County, between expectation and reality. And that is kind of one of the gating items going forward, going into a job. Because if you go into a place and you look at the real situation and then you've got certain people or fans or whatever and their expectation is, okay, like let's go and win the All-Ireland. That's not real. And as I said, so that, that, that's a difficult one. And then the flip side of all that is you've got a lot of players in clubs and up and down the county and there is a hint of what Mark said there, the blame game. And if they're not hurling well or maybe they're not putting in the effort or they haven't bought in fully, they look for, let's say, somebody to blame. And unfortunately, a lot of the time, the manager is the man who gets the blame for that. Like so, it does happen, and there's not a lot of clubs that I know, and I know he's touching the split season. We won't talk about it today, but it's not really working for clubs where they've got small numbers of training and what's going on. And like as I said, unfortunately, a lot of the time it's the manager or the fellow who's doing the training. He gets the brunt of it, and I, I, I believe in fits. Um, like there, there could be guys who are really, really good, and they mightn't just fit exactly with a certain group of player and then mm. there might be somebody who you might say may not be as good but he might be a perfect fit for a club or a county so it's trying to get that right fit is going to be a challenge for clubs and counties going forward but yeah like I'm sure like Liam Cahill today they'll to go back to it very quickly is it, he probably it's probably after coming maybe a little bit earlier than he would have imagined given what he gave to the commitment to water for last year I'm not sure, and I didn't see it, that he was fully committed to Waterford for 2023. Maybe he is. I'll stand corrected on that. And so now, like, there's things on all sides. Do Tip want him? Will he want to come back? Does he want to stay in Waterford? Do Waterford want him? And all those will become apparent over, over the coming weeks, I'm imagining. So it's probably a good time to get this type of stuff out there and get because it's all Ireland weekend, there'll be other major stuff in the news and like Tip will get this stuff done. So yeah, interesting couple of weeks ahead. And in Dublin, Delo, you you, you yeah. asked Liam there about could he be tempted back? I suppose the same question could be asked to yourself. Is there a question that you could be tempted back? Ah, uh, TJ, why? <laughs> that question could be out there, TJ. Yeah, but uh, no, I don't feel I'd be tempted back at the moment. Anyway, um, it's a big weekend, uh, a lot of work to be done on duty with Mister Sheedy there. Um, and a big weekend with my buddies from 25 years ago uh, in Dublin as well and uh, I have to take it easy they'll all be ripping it up but I have to take it easy because I'm on duty with Liam there on Sunday and uh, Dunlog and then I'll be with G on Monday for the podcast Like so I have to be 100% can't be like Mark coming on after getting out of the bed at half 10 crawling out of the bed you know what I mean I have to be on the ball for this TJ so yeah I have too much on my plate TJ at the moment five bands and a pig is not long over the clean up is still going on here but um yeah, Hoagie, what you want is a manager like Brian Cody and that just come in there for a quarter of a century and just stay there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 17 all and even, and even at that, you still have some, you had, you still have some people to th- this year complaining and last year about it, you know, but you're, you know, um, 
I suppose people have short memories in some capacity, in some respects. Um, but yeah, look, <laughs> Brian is a different breed in terms of uh, like Jesus, the longevity of it. And look, I can't obviously Liam and 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 yourself would be better placed to, but the, the amount of time that's involved, and I know from just anecdotally talking to say to Henry and and and, and Fenno, like the amount of time that's put in, and you've, you've hinted at the hours and that, like. There's a huge impact on the family. There's a huge impact on on your work life and on your own personal life. And you know, it's the love of the game and everything else. But it's massive, and it's only and it's only increasing. You know, and I suppose we're we're fortunate in Kilkenny. I suppose with Brian retiring a number of years ago, he's you know this this is his if it was it was always his absolute passion. You know, and and focus. But you know, being in a position where you're retired and that you know and. Uh, uh, the role he came from from a school primary teacher, effectively there wasn't a, there wasn't really a player coming through the county that he wasn't aware of anyway because he'd have seen him coming from right from primary school level. But yeah, um, I don't know what you say. It's, it's, it's like you won't see the you won't see the likes of that again in terms of that sort of longevity. Um, but um, yeah, I suppose look, it's the county board are certainly happy because it it, it makes a it, 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 they can tick that box off. They don't have to look at that for 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 a while. Yeah, yeah, and I, like I'm sure, you know, the likes of Brian, I, I've often said, like, and he's gone out of Clare as manager. He, he did a stint with Galway, obviously, since 21 years now, he's gone, Gerlach Man, but he, he could still be the Clare manager, I'd have no doubt, you know, if he wanted it. If he, but he obviously wanted other other things and other interests he had and, and that kind of thing. So, if, yeah. I suppose, if, if I let, you know, if I let be iconic like that, could stay nearly as long as he wants. Yeah, and it's a bit like the players as well. You have to have that passion for it, you know, and, and as, as much as the time and everything else that feeds into it, you know, trying to maintain that level of, of passion because, you know, I think, again, I'm, I'm only speaking from the outside, you know, but there's so much attention, media focus and different things pulling at you. It can wear you down. And, and you know, to maintain that level of, same as a player, like, you know, if you, you don't know it. Maybe you know you sit back in the winter time and you go, Jesus, can I face into that training again? Can I, can I, can I go for another year? You know, and it's, I'm, it's the same as a manager. You know, and it's a, it's a, it's a tough gig, and there's only, there's only at the end of the year, there's only going one, one guy walking away with the, with mm-hmm. the Lee McCarthy, and you know, if you're, if you're benchmarking your success purely off winning All Ireland, it, it can be a very, it can be a very uh, difficult and long winter. You know, and I think Lee mentioned it. You know, how do you measure success? Or sorry, TJ was saying it. You know, and. Sometimes, you know, success doesn't necessarily mean winning a Lee McCarthy. It can be incremental and it can be, you know, a building towards something else and trying to manage yeah. expectations as well. It'll be either Kylie or, or Kylie or Cody walking off with Lee McCarthy um, either this Sunday or, or two weeks' time. Um, if, if it's still a draw, I don't think we have penalties this time around. But, yeah. um, you know, I would say one of the jobs of the season, uh, well, couple, I suppose, but you have said Joe Fortune did one of the jobs of the season. Do you know, mm-hmm. uh, up in yeah. Westmead, and that's that's success, and that's that's all relative, isn't it? What your, um, but yet for him now, there'd be more pressure on him to make the next step, and that's that's just the reality of it. And that's, yeah, and I'd say even even this week, there's probably Dublin football supporters sitting down at home saying, if we had Jack McCaffrey and if we had Paul Mannion, we'd be in the All Ireland football final. But players are, are kind of also now looking at the whole. And I'd even say playing is a piece of piss, really, compared to management. <laughs> you finish up training, and eat your bit and go home, you know, yeah. whereas the management has to be thinking about everyone. But look, if whoever takes on the tip job, obviously it'll be a tip man um, or the Dublin job. I mean, we wish him the best of luck. And um, 
We'd say well yeah, done, well done, we've, said, we've said before is it's hard to quantify how far these teams are away. Like it's just a very subjective, very difficult question to answer. If we talk about let's say Tipperary or Dublin or let's say any of these teams are trying to get maybe out of where they are right now and maybe into being really competitive, is how far are they away? Are they a good manager or are they short maybe a group of players and like and if you talk about John Kiley and Brian Cody the weekend their achievements are phenomenal. And when, you, when, when Colin Bonner gets the blame, you have to say, to be fair, into these boys because they get their teams to all Ireland final, they're entitled to get the credit. So, but you also have to give credit to the bunch of players that they have. And would they be able to do it without the talent that's available to them right now? So it's, it's, it's just a very delicate, difficult one when it comes around to uh, counties who are, let's say, struggling and just different opinions and divided opinion, opinions and reality maybe not coming into the time so it's a tricky one now like and yeah big calls for a couple of counties whether it be Waterford, Tip, Dublin or wherever it is but big calls certainly. And I just just finished the point there I, I think there's two things as well that are at play I think the scrutiny you get through social media channels now as a manager you know it's really really difficult um, you know if you've got a family or whatever like you know it's it's hard not to you know, see what's going on or see what's being written. It's one thing lads walking into a pub and having a chat in the beer garden outside in the back of Morty Browns, but when it actually goes on print behind a, mm-hmm. you know, behind a, an anonymous, um, it's still there, it's still in writing and, you know, your family see it. And I, I think that's, I think that's really, really difficult. So I think that aspect of it, you're way more in the public eye now as an inter-county manager. And as Mark said, it is, you know, it's, it's, you know, you could be, you could be gone in the morning. You're doing it like, you're not, you're not, you're not going to be a millionaire or the managing your own county or any other county, you know? And the, sec- the second part of it is, you know, I think players now are in a different place than where it would have been in the 90s or even 10 or 15 years ago, where really the only thing that mattered was getting ready to go out and play a championship. I'm not so sure. I think the dynamic is changing. I think it's. Got, I think there's a shift here in terms of, you know, I think lads are a little bit more sort of easy about it, where in some counties they might say, look, I'll head off for the summer or I'll, I'll, I'll take a two-year career break and I'll go off and I'll do something else. So... There's an awful lot of playing out for a manager. And like if you've got a manager and you're trying to come in and do a job and five of your best players are saying, well, actually, I'm, I'm out of the country. I'm going to Dubai teaching or I'm going off to Australia for a year. So, you know, it, it's it's a really, really tough game because it's a, it's a results-driven business. And as Brian said, it's unrealistic to expect, you know, if you look at the handful of, you know, there's probably only a handful, handful of people have managed to take home Lee McCarthy in, in, the, in, the, in the bus over the last 10, 15 years. Um, and yet everybody's, it's the measure that everybody holds them up against. So, um, I, I think you know something might need to change here because um, I think they're put under significant scrutiny for you know the risk versus reward is 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 high in terms of their their family and as you said how Colin Bonner's feeling this morning. Yeah, and we saw where Ursula hit back. I think Ursula Jacob, colleague of ours in RT, top class lady, uh, knows has forgotten more about Hurland than we'll ever know in her league. Like she's she's an incredible knowledge. But I mean that crowd, that that this media crowd. Just taking random tweets and making oh. stories off them. Like, mm. you can cope with the Twitter stuff and you can cope with this crowd making a headline off it. You know, some fella says, you know, Landers is clueless. No, they do say that, but I mean, we don't tell him about it, but he's not on it. But, but this, <laughs> I'm one of the garden mark. But like this crowd coming up saying, you know, mm. uh, daily in media storm, you know, and it's only a couple of faceless tweets and, Jesus, I wouldn't even mention their names now. And, and I know they issued a kind of a half-arsed apology. God love you, like, whoever come up with your idea. Anyway, that's all I'd say. But, uh, yeah, it can be tough. And uh, 
we wish Ursula all the best over the next few weeks. I think she's a big arrival on June in, in the in the in the household. So uh top lady and um yeah, I suppose we'll get back to the All Ireland final. Um <laughs> strange it's so early, Mark. Are you happy? You're you're delighted anyway, because you've a massive championship to go ahead and your players are more important than any players in the country and, and you know. Um, so <laughs> it's just for me it just is strange. We're hearing like we saw that Dublin and Kerry couldn't sell out the 82,000 for Crow Park. We're hearing there'll be plenty of tickets available. Uh, people have a lot on. They're gone on holidays. There's all sorts of festivals in every village, always around first three weeks in July. Um, and yet we're playing our island final in the middle of it. Yeah, so for uh, some, look, I'm, I'm a big believer in the split season. And uh, the reason is obviously it's trying to protect the club game. Um, because I, I think the club player has been forgotten for the last 10 or 15 years that it was all about the inter-county so that's my first basis of the split season um, the other side of this Dale is that we're going to have a club championship now starting at the end of July start of August that's going to be played in fantastic weather it's going to be fantastic conditions so I think once the footballs and the slitters are going to be thrown in there'll be skin and hair flying and I think what we've seen from the live streaming over the last three years is that the club player is getting massive, massive promotion now. And we probably won't see the fruits of that labour maybe for another three to five years, I would suspect. Now, one of the concerns that is actually emanating now already is that a lot of the inter-county players that are out of championship already have decided to up sticks and head off to America during the summer. And I'm led to believe that maybe some of them won't be back for the club championship or will be coming back later or in the middle of the club championship, which... That was probably never envisaged, I would suspect, when the split season was, um, why was decided not? on. So why, why, why wasn't that envisaged? These are in demand over and, there. There's a few pounds to go. There's a chance to have a fantastic two months of lifestyle in Chicago or San Fran, New York, um, and, and get a few quid to do it, get probably a handy job and, and see the world and, and, and hurl over there. Yeah, I, I should, Anthony, all those reasons that you've just mentioned is why those lads would go, but I suppose... Why wasn't in, that foreseen? Um, well, I think it was always there to a certain degree, but I think the inter-county manager decided that he went to the first, had the first call on the players, and my view would have always have been that it should have been the club championship should have started first, and have your grades rising as the year goes on so you play your club championship first and then the inter-county season would finish off your year so um, I mean I, I think the inter-county manager wanted first dibs from January the 1st I suppose to make sure that the players were doing their strength and conditioning and fitness wise and having them in uh, I suppose under their guise and I suppose the clubs accepted that to, to do that um, but Anthony don't tell me for one minute that it's acceptable that an intercounty player can go away after his after his intercounty championship is over and not be back for his cup championship. I have no issue if if a lad from Killer was gone ab abroad and came back a fortnight or maybe 3 weeks before the championship started the club championship if they're out of championship with 3 or 4 months with the intercounty team. But I think it's totally unacceptable that an intercounty player would decide well I'm not coming back till maybe the end of August. That I don't think. So I think in the spirit of the split season, the powers of B did not envisage that your inter-county player would be missing the start or the first few rounds of the club championship. I'd have to say, I think most genuine GA players, we've all played inter-county hurling. If our club came calling on the last week of July, 
we'd be back for championship, no doubt about that, lads. We wouldn't be strolling into the dressing room three weeks into a championship. And that's the reality. And Liam has mentioned it about the shift of attitude of players within the inter-county scene, that it is not the all-consuming thing that we grew up on. So I can confirm that I was in America, in Chicago, in 1991. And I got a phone call from the club to say we wouldn't be able to feel an under-21 championship if I didn't myself and Brendan Welch didn't come back. We flew back, played a match. We were beaten by 325 to five points. But I was back to play for the club. made all the difference. And I could tell Brendan Walsh had a great game, Liam, to make it work. That attitude shift is definitely there in the club as well, Mark. It is. I've two coming off the plane from San Francisco on Friday, we're playing Saturday week. I know what chapter in. I know. It's only they're yeah. doing a bit out there, but I'd not. But they'll probably be in line to play on Saturday week because we'd probably want of any option. But uh, that's that's the split season, right? That's that's the reality but, of it. But but as are going to go. But the splits, yeah. But Anthony, I suppose there's going to be a little bit of time before this will bed in because for the last decade, fellas, all, listen, it's like the leaving Sartalle, right? It, it, like we never had a leaving South Holland. Fellas go away for a week or a fortnight now after doing the leaving South. So that is that is a, a thing that, that look, do you do you have to contend with it? Do you accept it? It's going to take time for people to change. But I think if you're a genuine guy who loves his club after his county or vice, whichever way you want to put it, they should be back at least a fortnight in advance of the first round of the club. And Anthony, the other thing I'm going to say to you is, and I've discussed this with you, with, with Claire and Wexford, ye, your county, did not row in with having the first round of the championship, as far as I'm concerned, on the 24th of July, that all counties were supposed to, um, you know, start. Whereas I your don't know where you're getting this about Clare. Where are you getting this about Clare? Our championship is on the 23rd. It's on. The only provisio is if Clare were in the All-Ireland final, they weren't going to ask the players to play one week later. That was the only but if, thing, if, if if you were out earlier, okay, the only reason it's on the twenty third is because you were beaten in the All Ireland semi final. If you were yeah. beaten prior to that, you were put on notice that you'd be playing ch- club championship within a fortnight. It was on the ninth. It was fixed all year Correct. for the ninth. Everyone knew it would be on exactly. the ninth. That, that is exactly right. my point. One second. Whereas all the other countries were the twenty third or twenty fourth. So it left Marco, the fellas that were going away from would it be back? We said we'd revisit the split season later in the year. We're here to talk about the All-Ireland final. I don't want to hear about the split season anymore today. Let's talk about the match on Sunday. Okay, miss. Okay. <laughs> Are you okay with that, Mr. Chairman? <laughs> <laughs> well, all I was on about was the All-Ireland final being on so early, TJ. For me, it just, just yeah, doesn't exactly. feel right. We can't sell out the stadium for the All-Ireland final. You know, so um, for me, it's, it's something that needs to be looked at at the end of the year. See, did it work? See, did it work for the clubs? Maybe Mac's idea having the county on first, play your club later, uh, or club on yep. first. I don't know how that'll work with the All Ireland yep. club and everything, but um, <clears throat> maybe maybe it's worth visiting. Um, but uh, yep. yeah, I find it strange that it's on. You can't get a hotel in Dublin. Yep. You're talking to teams are struggling to get hotels. Uh, holiday time everywhere. I, for me, it just doesn't sit right. Three, four weeks time. Four weeks, I thought, you know, all the counties, as we said, have have had to get their championships down to 16. So there's no issue with finishing your championships. Lads would know. Um, so anyway, look, that's it. Lads, we're looking forward to a great one. Kilkenny, I thought, 
I'm going to start with us overall uh, feelings on it. I thought last Monday morning week, you know, we had the podcast and I thought really Kilkenny might be in a position of sat down and watched both matches, I think, last last night week, Wednesday night. Um, one after the other, straight after the other, watched the 270 minutes. And I'm not sure, I, th- I thought Limerick probably, I, I couldn't believe the amount of ball clear head and the amount of shots clear head. And I found that if maybe if that's the same way at the weekend, Limerick would punish you more. Clear had a terrible shooting day, obviously, with 24 wides. Now, some of them shouldn't have been shot for. Overall feeling I've like given the advantage to, to Limerick, but of course, then the news this week, TJ, that Keane probably has picked up a different injury and will have to sit out the game. So I say, I've been saying it since he's missing. They're not the same team without him. Uh, it would be the very same as, as Kilkenny without TJ. Um, Galway without Kenning, as we saw. Maybe if he was there this year, they might be in the final. Uh, Claire without Kelly, etc., etc. Um, and your overall feelings on where where it's at. We we'll go to predictions later on and the reasons why, but just overall where you where you're feeling it, Hoagie, are you confident? Are you you know is it kind of in the two weeks, where has your mind gone to, if you like? That's right, that's where I'm gone. And mine has changed, I have to say. Hmm. Yeah, no, there's there was a definite definite emotional response after the, the win against Claire, you know, which is only natural, I suppose. Yeah. Um you know, having gone in underdogs in a lot of people's eyes against the Munster finalists, you know, and not a position that Kilkenny are used to being in over the last number of years, you know, and and, and the manner of the win. Um, but like yourself, I didn't watch it back, but I suppose I watched clips of it back and I was, you know, chatting about it with the family, etc. But yeah, like to give Claire that many scoring opportunities, um, to, if you want to give Limerick those chances we have to hope in that regard you know i think there's a lot there's a lot that needs to be looked at um to try and minimize those those scoring opportunities but there's an awful lot of positives to take from a Kenny performance as well i i think they're used to the ball which you discussed the mixing it the long and short um some of the individual performances and again a, fi- a semi final ultimately is there to be won and uh, nothing more i think you know limerick did what they had to do and i think it was their perspective, they have nothing to prove. I mean, they're the Ireland champions. They just needed to get over the Galway the obstacle, and they did that. And in some respects, it actually was ideal for them because if they had gone out and beaten Galway by five, six, seven, eight points, they'd have been talked up. So you know, they don't have to contend with that. And uh, so they're going in in perfect position. Um, but they're, like, they're, look, they are favourites, and uh, they're rightly so. They're all Ireland champions. Um, we will have to without doubt come up another another you know I won't put a percentage on it but we're going to have to improve significantly to, in order to to put it to to Limerick um, but I'm still I'm still I'm still I'm, I'm still confident I think the Kenny teams are always confident I mean Brian will have that instilled in the players They, the one thing for sure is that the Kenny guys are lining out on Sunday will be going out in full belief that they're going to win the game there, there's, there's no team that Brian's over that goes out any other way and they'll also be going out ready to do what needs to be done, you know. But on the other side, that Limerick know exactly that that's the case as well. They've seen that in 2019. So, it, yeah, look, Limerick, Limerick are favourites, you know. Uh, it's there for them. This is the one, I suppose, we mentioned it the last week or two weeks ago. This is the one they wanted. Um, you know, you've 
no more so than any other team. You know, it's not that Limerick are any different. I mean, I look back on my own time and when Liam and the lads got the better of us in 2010, like all we wanted was to settle that score in 2011. And in 2013, when Clare came along and won All-Ireland and Hurland had changed, supposedly, within the media and, and, you know, we were now outdated. All we wanted was to get back um, and restore as well. But, um, but you know, so that's the mindset of a, of a and I'm no doubt the Limerick players, and they're probably taking it on themselves. There's probably not a whole lot that Knirk or Kylie need to say, you know, it's, there's a lot of those guys, I think, depending on the selection, you're probably looking at 13 of those lads who played in 2019 from Limerick lining out on Sunday again. Mm-hmm. And players by their nature, you know, they'll, they'll grab onto any, anything they can to motivate them, you know, and, and they'll take that, that 2019 loss and they'll use that, you know, and they're, you know, I'm sure, without doubt, they'd much prefer to be playing Kilkenny on Sunday than to be playing Clare, you know, having beaten Clare in, the, in, in that Titanic struggle in the Munster final. So, so, you know, I think, yeah, it's quite... It, you're still happy it's, though, it's you, you're still happy. Listen, we're in an Iron final, you couldn't, yeah. why, why wouldn't you be, you know, and I think, you know, you're, you're, you're what is it, a couple of days away from going out in the biggest game of the year. Um, and we, you know, we don't, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, and we don't fear anyone. Um, we absolutely respect Limerick, and they are the team, they're up there, they're the team to beat. You know, we're talking about Kenny on this, upward trajectory over the last number of games from the beginning of the season where probably not many lads were, you know, putting them in their top three or four to get to the Ireland. They have improved, I think. Uh, I feel they have. But really, in order to cement that and to go to the next level, you have to beat the champions, you know, and the champions are Limerick. So yeah. from a personal perspective with a number of those players, this is for them to make their mark, you know, in a Kilkenny jersey, this is the ultimate. Like, this is mm-hmm. it. And TJ... From the Limerick feeling on the ground, and um, I know we're in the woodlands later on. We'll be able to gauge it a bit better. Um, but you, you know, the, the key in news is setback stuff. I suppose if I don't know how true, obviously, but I think when you see it printed, it's, it probably is is there. So the selection headaches and the stuff we speculated on after the semi final pod, um, probably not quite there now. So. Is everybody, you know, based on you the tough semi final? Kilkenny probably had the easy semi final. All, albeit given the level of shots that were given away and the wide clear head, still won. They won an awful lot easier than than he won. But still, does that is that better for you, or is two weeks on this heat that's promised? Are the legs beginning to give a little bit, or are Kilkenny slightly fresher? Yeah, loads of questions there. I think Sorry. John nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> nailed it in, in, in what he said that I, I think he's and the feeling is looking for their best performance of 2022 they've done really well given the players who were missing in different games to navigate their way through here I think they'd be very happy with that it would be a question for me the two week turnaround after a really physical game can sometimes be a bit tight because to come back down after that to get back up it wouldn't have given much room for training and look there's no better guys to manage that than them um the word on my street as well as Akeen is is definitely going to he 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 wants that and he did get some bit of a setback I think to an ankle in training at the weekend and that he was in a boot or whatever so that that is I don't know that officially or formally I wasn't talking that is out there um, the way I think there's a couple of maybe trains of thought that I have and that you know like John could be on point to say that we are absolutely primed that semi final set us up beautifully. We're perfect. Our guys are fine. We are exactly where we want to be, and, and we'll be fine. 
the other side of it, what you said about Keane missing our, our forwards, Aaron, we haven't been able to hit 30 points. Um, middle of the field, teams are coupled on to exactly the way we play. Um, we probably know, I'd say within reason, that both teams will set up pretty much similar to where they set in the semi-final. We can talk about maybe man markers in a while as to where Mikey Butler will go. Um, one of the things I was looking at through this championship is, we'll talk about is, is that the teams who get on the front foot here in games now are seem to be able to manage this much better. Like they, they, all year, you want to be in the box seat, you want to start well. Um, tactically, Limerick will be the very same, I think, as they've been all year in the last couple of years. So what do Kilkenny do differently? I, I, I think that there's big games in a few of them. I did say that I was very impressed with the way they dispatched Clare. I know what you're saying. I think Clare 24 wides, which is an awful lot. But an awful, an awful lot of them would have been from places... I think that you'd be let them happy enough to shoot from. Some of them scores weren't done. It, it, Claire didn't manage the game well, but that wasn't Kilkenny's fault. Cody hasn't them improved. I think that was a perfect stepping stone for them. It wouldn't have taken a massive amount out of them. They would have been able to jump back into training pretty quick. And 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 I think he's got an awful lot going for him. Like I've heard plenty of people saying this could be his biggest achievement is to win this All Ireland, given that he's molded the team nicely. One of the things I said before the semi-final was there was an awful lot of chopping and changing going on in the Kilkenny front eight. But all of a sudden, after that match, you're kind of saying, geez, he seems to have it nailed now. King Kenny in the middle of the field. He's got Mullen going at 10. TJ Reid jumping between 11 and 12. Patrick Walsh is back in. So all of a sudden, there's a nice look about him and there's household names coming back into the Kilkenny team again, which we all know. You all are playing brilliantly at full-back. Will he take him out of there? So plenty of questions in, term, in, in terms of the matchups, But Two best teams were in the final, I think, all year. They won their provincial championships. Um, I, I, what Brian said there is Kilkenny are from, have improved. Limerick are the champions. John will be happy, but we are looking for our best performance of 2022. Okay, so the two lads are happy enough from both their counties, so we're expecting, I suppose, that's a confident vote. But I've given my side of the, the, my two neutral men here, my, my Tipperary and my cock friend, Um what way you seen it? I'm I'm going Limerick at this stage, but still wouldn't rule out the cats. I, I think could be could be uh, Sion Cadigan in today's paper as well. Maybe going for the cats to pull off a huge one. So what way do you see it, boys? Whichever one he wants to hit into. We let the Bertie boy go first. Come on, Bertie boy. Let's be having a <laughs> Come in, Liam boy. Well, as a wise man told me a long time ago, a couple of things, three things I'd be looking at is obviously the weather conditions. The referee and the field, and and I was involved with, with teams. You'd be always trying to say, look, which will let will let suit anyone. And if it said to me one day, I said, Mark, don't ever worry about all those three things because it's the same for both teams. So I'm putting those things to the one side. I'm looking at the fact that I suppose, Sorry, uh, Mark, Mark, so you don't mind playing in high grass then or short grass or whatever. We're no. Oh, oh, oh. oh <laughs> and and Hoagie, we, do, we certainly don't mind playing, playing in the rain either, I can tell you that much. <laughs> we know that. We know that. <laughs> we learned that with the hard way. <laughs> but um, I, I'm, I'm a bit like you, Anthony. I, I was swept away with the Kilkenny performance in the semi-final as well. And then I started to come back and start to put a bit of logic into it and... You know, there's, there's, there's eight of the lads that were beaten by Westmead in the under-21 and the Kilkenny panel at the moment. Four of them are playing. And I, I'm just kind of saying to myself, you know, Limerick are bringing massive, massive experience to the match on Sunday. They're going for the, the fourth All-Ireland in five years. Um, 
I might stand corrected here, but I think Patrick Welch, TJ Reid, and Owen Murphy probably starting on Sunday at three All Ireland medals, and then you have a couple of other lads, Conor Fogarty, Killian, uh, Killian Buckley, Walter, who are subs. Some of them might start, particularly Walter might be. In. And here's the interesting thing: the last time Kenny won an All Ireland, Richie Reid was the subkeeper, and now he's the centre back in the team. So. I think it's massive that Kilkenny have those players from seven years ago that won the last All-Ireland. They're still involved, which shows their commitment to the game as well. Um, but I'm starting to lean towards Limerick, particularly on their physicality in their forward line. Um, I, I really like the way Kyle Hayes has, I suppose, I won't say reinvented himself, but he struggled in the early part of the season uh, as a forward but his best performance today was the semi-final at centre-forward. Um, I, I think he won the man of the match, actually. The first year, he won the All-Ireland TG at centre-forward. And I think he's going to pose a, a possible headache for Kilkenny because Richie Reid likes to sit back and you can't afford to give Kyle Hayes any time in the ball. So I, I'm, 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 I suppose I'm squeezing towards Limerick, Anthony, insofar that there's a way more upside in Tom Morrissey and Garod Hagerty after the semi-final as well. Those two lads have been brilliant in getting five, six, seven points in matches um, in the latter stages of the championship over the last number of years. They only got a point each in the semi-final. I'm sure John Kiley and his management team will be having a word in their ears and say, lads, we need a bit more from you in the final. I think he'll obviously give them the, the nod because of what they've already achieved, and they have never left Limerick down. They're two great players, but there's bags more in them. Um, I don't think John is... I, I think the fact that the injury has come to Keen Lynch now probably solves a headache in one respect because I would have been of the view that he may have been coming in a centre-forward. Uh, Kyle would have went to full and Flanagan and uh, Galan in the two corners. But I think they probably may end up now, unless unless it's a right smoke screen, TJ, that you've sent out. Uh, I see a picture of Keane in a boot today. It's on social media. I don't know who sent it to me, but I certainly didn't find it. But uh, it could be some smoke screen. You've taken all the attention away from yourselves by saying that Keane Lynch is injured. But it could be one of those Donald Trump fake news stories, could it? Could be a Jarlock man special in his day. Poor <laughs> <laughs> old Fergal Hegarty in that final 27 years, 25 years ago, had to tell his his uncle who was coming from the States that he was starting and he not started at all. And he knew he not started. That's uh, right. That's right. Yeah. Too. Yeah. 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 Liam, you, what way, what's your gut telling you this week before we go into the nitty gritty of who might pick up who and what way they'll play and think things? Yeah, um, I look like probably from the outset, I've always said that Limerick would win the All Ireland uh, from the outset. Look, their best performance was probably in the first match, um, but you know, they didn't meet a lot of resistance in, in Parky Cueve. I thought they'd meet a much sterner challenge, but at the same time, Keane Lynch was on the pitch, and there might be something in that too. Um, I don't think they've hit the heights in the Munster final or semi final that you'd expect or the standards that they hit, like they were probably winning and they were winning on average. If you take their average win margin in, in last year, it was about 10 points. That's certainly not anything like that this year. So I think they've come back into the pack a little bit. And if you, if you dissect the game um, against, against um, Galway, the last day, like Galway had 20 shots, 27 shots in the first half and Limerick had 23 and Limerick went in winning 16 points to 12. So, you know, Galway only converted four of four out of ten of their chances. And I thought a lot of those chances were on. 
and should have been taken. Like Conor Cooney shouldn't be missing twenty one yard frees. You know, some of the, some of the misses they had were were real misses. Um, and if you play it into the second half, you know, if you look at it, Aaron Gillan and Kyle Hayes were the only two forwards to score from play. David Reedy came in and rescued them with three points from play and winning a free. Um, and up to the 60th minute, they had five points on the board in that second half. Four of them came from the hurley of Dermot Burns in long-range frees, um, which were absolutely critical uh, for them. So they haven't found their form uh, to the level that you expect. But I just look at Limerick and I look at Kylie and, and Paul and I look at Caroline in behind them. I look at the whole structure. I just think they'll have them primed for one right performance. I think they'll need to play a level above what they've played. Um, but like from from our perspective, I think we, you know, I just hope they're let play and we get a cracking game because I think that if the two of these teams bring what they have, I think we'll have some rip roaring game, you know. And I think that's what that's what Hurling needs on the biggest day of all and the biggest stage of all. Um, but I'd still be I'd still be saying, you know, slight advantage Limerick, but on the basis that they'll play to a level higher than they played to in the in in the semi final and in the Munster final uh, because they haven't they haven't been. The outperformer like they were last year, where they showed that they were probably a good bit ahead of everyone else. Mm. Yeah, I think they haven't. You, you, you'd have to say right from yeah, as you said, Cork. Even the other games, even Tip, when we spoke about a change of management, yeah. Tip gave them bags of it for a long, long time. So, yeah, interesting. Hoagie, one on of the, the factors, Dilo, one Dilo, before, before you even go to Hoagie, one of the factors is the Kilkenny form in the semi-final. Right, is how much of that, I suppose, do we give to being Kilkenny being very good? versus maybe a perceived player, right? Like, if you look at Kilkenny, like Kilkenny have been beaten yeah. twice in the championship, right? Their Leinster final form, like, they scored 22 points and 12 of them came from place balls from TJ Reid. So their Leinster final form wouldn't probably stack up as strong and they've been beaten twice in Leinster, right? And then, like, sometimes a little bit like looking at a horse race, you can be confused by one run the last day, which, which reads maybe an awful lot better than it should. So that's a key piece of form in the overall picture. I think Hugh Lawler, though, Hugh Lawler was missing for the match again, Kilkenny as well. I, I wouldn't underestimate I think he's a massive player for him. Um, I, I, I think the way he, you know, he attacks the ball, he's, he's, he's really strong. Against Wexford, Liam. Against Wexford, you mean? Wexford, yeah. Yeah. Or, or against Wexford, you mean? Yeah, Sorry, yeah. Yeah. I was at that match. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he missed that game. And I think he's a, he think he's a really, really big player for them, TJ. Um, and he'll probably be giving Seamus Flanagan, I'd expect. And if he can... If he can quieten him, and if he's coming out winning 50-50s and, and driving ball up the field, so I'd probably give him a small bit of a break on the Wexford match on the basis that he wasn't lining out. Now, again, Hoagie will know, Hoagie will know these guys inside out, but I look at him and I think he's one of their rocks in their, in their defensive setup. And I think when he's not there, it weakens the team overall. I don't know what Brian thinks. Yeah, yeah. Hoagie, um, what, you, um, maybe Liam alluded there that he... Um, Hugh... Hugh uh, a lot of your club mates involved here in this in this man market stuff. Um, that Hugh would pick up Shamey. I I would nearly have had it that Hugh would pick up Galen. I would have thought size wise, Mikey. You know, Mikey. I thought maybe with the pace he has, might go with Flanagan. Not maybe as noted a man in the air as Galen. So I, I thought that might be the way. But a lot of talk as well that Richie Reid likes to sit. Uh, that you've changed since the Wexford game, that you're playing way more through the lines. But I haven't watched back the Clare match, as I said last week. There was a lot of um, long ball still played. But when you have TJ Reid, like, you, you can go along. And then when you bring on Walter and John Donnelly, you can also go along. It's a completely different um, dynamic. Morph is quite happy to launch it down there on top of those lads 
and and they picked up a lot of scores against Clare. And even the goal came. The first goal came from a long ball out of defence. And uh, w- tactically, man marking wise, what, where do you see it going? Um, <clears throat> so there's a few things I suppose on Hugh. Uh, I'd agree with Liam. Obviously, I'm biased to my own club man, but what Hugh gives you. So Hugh is is one of the the fastest lads within the squad. They do the 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 eighty hundred meter dashes, you know, and you, you can see it when even when he leaps, he's a savage spring. Um, mm. So having a guy like that who's physically the size he is, but can move as well in the full back line means that you're not concerned overly concerned with with having lads sitting back protecting them because. You know, he's the modern day full back where teams are holding the ball out the fields, looking for that, that diagonal percentage ball into the corners. And Hugh has that pace to be able to, you know, even with a maybe a yard behind, make up that ground. So that's a huge, just even from a confidence point of view as a half back, knowing if the ball goes over your head, you have a guy behind you who's got serious, serious pace, you know, and if he gets there first, he's, he's coming out past you. Um, so he does, he has a lot of confidence. And as well, he's a, he's a, he's a go-to for Owen for a lot of the short puckouts. So he'll either take the ball and recycle it back to Owen, or if it's on, he'll turn and he'll take a stride out and, and play usually kind of a 30, 40 yard pass to Richie Reid or to the midfield. So he starts a lot of, so he is, he's hugely important. Um, and as you all know, having a, having a, a kind of regular and solid fullback is the first part in, in putting confidence within the defence. So there's that part. Um, but Richie, what will he do uh, just on, on that hoagie? Like they'll probably play Flanagan Galan inside with Graham yeah, Wall playing off them or Peter Casey yeah. if he's available. I don't know which who'll go for there, but which of the two of them does he pick up? Like it's kind of not really a one, you know, a two, three, four full back line anymore. Somebody'll have to go out uh with I, Graham Wall. We're just saying Graham hypothetically yeah, Graham Wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I again I not basing this on nothing more than uh, on my sense is that Brian would prefer to keep Hugh kind of central in around the square um which means he'd more likely pick up flanagan um you know because galan likes to to hold his position if you like talking a little bit and let the ball come to his outside shoulder and uh, so for that reason and that is something that mikey obviously needs to be aware of is that galan is very strong in the air but i think those i i get i feel that probably the two lads would be detailed to pick up those two guys and i think galan is a huge well, I state the obvious. He's a huge player for Limerick, but but for the for the reason that every ball that goes into him, he he makes stick. You know the the advantage of having a forward inside, who when the ball goes in, nine times out of ten, he either it sticks first time, and more often than not, he's actually already on the turn and and and, and looking to bring a guy into play, or it's over the bar. Very difficult to mark a guy like that. You know, you know a lesser forward, and you know he he might if he, if it's a second touch, the defender has a chance to take the ball off him. Galan doesn't tend to give you that opportunity, um, I, I, so I, I feel maybe that Mikey will 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 pick him up, and he will try and hold the middle with Flanagan, and uh, which will probably mean Tommy Walsh might pick up Mulcahy. Uh, again, that's my sense on it. Um, um, Richie, uh, like if Keane's not playing, I'm delighted. Uh, <laughs> like not from a Hearns, but from a Kenny supporters' point of view, because I think Keane asks more questions of what Richie has to do. In so far as Keane will drop out and becomes a playmaker, and he, he, it's just a very difficult player to kind of go, how do you how do you stop him? Whereas maybe Kyle will be more if he does start centre forward, it's more a traditional, more kind of direct. You know, the bigger problem you have with Kyle is if he gets the ball in his hand, he gets momentum. How do you stop him? Um, but um, for the reasons you've already outlined. Um, but what I did like, what I have liked in fairness about Richie is, um, you know, he's been outstanding for Ballyhale for the last number of years. But you're always have a question. 
maybe a little like Barry, Barry Nash in corner for Limerick is when you have a guy who's coming back and maybe he's not a recognised, in, in, in quotation marks, defender who has another all his hurling is what's their natural what's their instinct when their turns they're great richie's fantastic distributing the ball great stick hurler you know um very comfortable on the ball but when you have to do the the defending you know and your natural instincts what i liked against claire was there was occasion in the second half where um i'm not sure who it was was it tony or was it doug and got the ball and there was a half a goal chance on and it was richie who had got back and got a hurling to kind of disrupt the strike and there was a bit of a Ashamaza, you know, lads were fighting for the ball. And then it was Richie who came out with the ball. So yeah. he 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 had fell, he was at full stretch, got the hurling, got up, knew there was still danger there, was, got the breaking ball and came out. You know, so so there's a there's a he see, he does seem to sense where that danger is. So I think uh yeah, he, he the first 10 minutes, like all these finals, it'll be warfare, you know, it'll be a pure attritional battle in the middle of the field. The ball will go out of play, it'll give players a chance to kind of take stock where we're at. I think Richie will have to push up for the first 15, 20 minutes and then, you know, look at opportunities if he can to set back. Interestingly, back in 2019, what, what Kenny did, and it worked quite well, is they moved Donnelly out from corner forward onto Hannon and allowed TJ then from centre forward to kind of drop her into a kind of a midfield position, kind of floating. You know, it'd be interesting to see will they try and do something similar because they can't allow Hannon to sit back and do the same thing again. Um, yeah. They'll obviously want to keep... Cody inside, uh, possibly with Billy Ryan. So there, there's loads of tiny tactical pieces there. Um, Galway, Galway, Hoggy, Galway conceded the puck out most of the time to Mike Casey. The other time to Sean Finn, not really to Barry Nash. Obviously, you don't want him getting us with the pace yeah. and the, and the, and the, the, as you said, the, the stickmanship he has. I suppose you see Kilkenny doing that. It'll probably allow you maybe to hold. Um, Richie deep then, you know, and the, the, the corner forward will be coming back to wing and the wing forward will be coming out yeah. of the middle. And... Yeah, like, I suppose we would have done both in my time and look, obviously things have moved on since. Um, the most important thing I think you do, whichever way you go, there needs to be clarity, there needs to be complete buy-in from the 15 players. So if you do sit off and concede the free, or concede the puck out to the corner, the cornerback or fullback, there needs to be cohesion within the forwards and as they push up they don't have one guy rushing in and then all of a sudden he's you know there's a, the guy skips by him and there's a two-on-one and then you're in major trouble so there needs to be that press as a unit and that's actually happening from from right back um you know back the field and that's that's something that has to be done you know consistently because limerick are masters at being able to use the ball and work it out and you know they have it down to a t so i mean my my personal preference right. is I wouldn't like to concede the puck out, and um, just because Limerick are that strong at using the ball, I'd like to try and push up and and, and force Nicky Quay to go to go along. Um, the reason is I like the matchups in the half back line, um, purely because I think Paddy on Hegarty, Paddy will enjoy that physical battle. I think Paddy will be happy out if he does nothing else, but you know, himself and Hegarty pulling dragging each other all day. And then you've got Kerry on the other side who's strong in the air. And I think that'll be a good battle of Morrissey. I'm not saying they'll you know, I think there's a good even 50-50 battle between those those two guys. But um it's like yeah, look, yeah, I think there'll be stages, it'll be a mix. I think you know there, there, there's not going to be one game plan that you'll come out at the beginning of the match and try and implement because at half time Knurk will have them in, Cody will have them in, they'll see what each other are doing, they'll need a tweak for the second half. 
TJ, it's less smiling there. Come on, TJ. No, I was going to, I was going to ask you one question, Brian, about Cody. Like, is there a possibility that, let's say, a week or, let's say, ago, maybe seven or eight days ago, that Cody will have told, let's say, Hugh Lawler or, let's say, Tommy Walsh, Tommy, babysitting job for you, it's going to be Aaron Galan. Get that inside your head. Is, 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 does that happen? Yeah, it does. Um, I mean, we would have done it with Jackie and, and Lar. Um, one of the years, you know, um, there would have been cases where, you know, um, you know, bring it. There would have been situations, for example, like in, with Liam. I remember one year, Liam, the lads came in the tip for the throw and the tip forwards came into a bunch, it just around the, the the throw in, so they didn't go out into their, their positions, which. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe he'd done it in the semi-final, but we 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 had already decided who we were picking up, regardless of where they were going to be playing. So if John O was going full forward, it didn't matter, or wing forward, it didn't matter. JJ was picking them up from the ball because we knew. So you know, we didn't want to be standing in a position and caught. So there was clarity. We knew exactly who we were picking up, and once the ball went dead, we reassessed then. And JJ was out half back on John O, so then he came back in full, and Tommy pushed out. But at least from the throw in. There was 100% clarity until for that five, four or five minutes until the ball went dead and we got a chance to reassess. Um, so that decision was made pre, you know, before the match. Um, obviously, with the, with the Jackie case, I mean, that was something we looked at for three weeks in advance. You know, we've looked at different lads yeah. to replicate that role. So, so quite, yeah, so quite possibly Brian will have uh, will have had a word in, in Mikey's ear. Like, I mean, I'm sure Mikey... Uh, well, I'm not sure, but I would imagine Mikey was probably given advance notice that look, you're going to be picking up Tony Kelly, you know, and um, in the semi final. So, mm. thanks. Was that your Eamon. idea, Liam? Was that your idea, Liam? The uh, big punch? Was that Eamon? Was that Eamon? Are you blaming Eamon for that? <laughs> they, thankfully, thankfully, they didn't give they didn't give Jackie Lara in 2010. We got we managed to get three in the net before they put Jackie on. The big plus north side. <laughs> At one stage, I thought Tyrrell was going to go down into the dressing room with him. With, yeah, with he's waiting in, for him. In 12. Uh, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's so many. And from your point of view, TJ, you obviously decided that Tony Kelly was a Mortman marking. Um, Kenny maybe showed that that can be an advantage to do that. You have TJ Reid to contend with. Possibly the ghost of all time. Um, up there anyway. Um Hoagie was on about the role he played in 19. Is he able to do that um, three years later in, in 30 degrees of heat? Uh, play right midfield. You know, he's he's some player. Claire, I mean, Claire probably couldn't get a handle on him at all, really, in terms of the way they moved him around. Um, they got him under Paul Flanagan, uh, who I said had a, had a fantastic year and still hurled a good game. They got him under him for three puckouts mm. in the second half and, and, and he clean caught the three of them. And even when Conor Cleary caught one or two off him, he was able to re-dispossess him. Like, just incredible. Um, would you think there'd be a role given or Limerick are very happy in their in their setup, TJ? And, and you know, I some think, lads don't yeah. like doing uh, fall-on lads. Yeah, Paul hasn't really kind of differentiated a huge amount. To me, maybe small tweaks, but I, I, I don't see a man-marking job in TJ Reid coming. I, I think today was thick for two lines of three in the main... I, I don't see any major change. And I think the same, the same team will start the start of the last day. I think that that's just the way it'll be. Um, and, the, and then work from there with the bench. I, I, I liked the fluidity that the Kilkenny backs showed the last day. They didn't panic. Hugh was out in the corner. Uh, Mikey Butler went to centre-back to pick up TK. They did different things at different times. Mikey Carey was a cornerback at times. I do see Mikey Carey and Pai Deegan picking up five and seven and doing man-marking jobs there. 
I think Richie Reid's role will very much be dependent on how hard the Kilkenny forwards work. And I think we know probably the answer to that in the main. But if it's working for them and Richie is allowed, I'd say he'll try and protect as much as he can because Limerick will try and find that gap in front of Flanagan and Gillan as much as they can so they can get that crossfield ball in there. That's really kind of a key part of their game. Gillan is key. There's no doubt about that. Like he, he, he was key in the semi-final. He's been key all year. To me, he's in Huller the year form. He, he, he just has been carrying the team up front with scores he's been getting and his freeze. So I, I, I think that's a spot that um, Cody will like to nail. Who, who picks him up? Very interesting. It wouldn't surprise me if it was Tommy. Like, I think they might like to keep Hugh Lawler at full back on Jamie Flanagan. Like, or, like a lot of the ball he gets. I know he catches one or two, Dillo, and he loves to catch that ball from behind. Would it suit Mikey Butler to try and be out in front of him? Would, it, like, would that tigerish? I know Gillan will have the height advantage. So that's a question for Kilkenny. Limerick, I think. Just, what just, on, what just on that, TJ, like, there's not. A, is there much difference between how Rory O'Connor plays and how and how Aaron plays? Are they similar in size? Similar in wanting to handle the ball? Similar in trying to get out in front? Because in Kilkenny that night in Nolan Park. Mikey was sent after Rory O'Connor and was literally in his pocket wherever he went. And I don't think, yeah. I, I think Aaron is better to catch it, but Rory's not bad either. But they're not too dissimilar, which would lead me to believe it could be Mikey and Aaron. So he's yeah, stronger so though, Liam. Is he physically stronger? Like, is he dangerous? Yeah, more dangerous in behind? Is he more like that? He is, and, and he's more dangerous, without question. So the risk is that he gets, he gets it into that left hand. That's the danger. If he gets that crossfield ball and he catches it there, that is the danger. But like, you know, I still think maybe he might be he might be he might be tasked. He hasn't been found wanting anywhere he's been sent to quench fires this year in this championship. He's done it. He's, he's done a but magnificent the, job. The, the flip side, Liam, would be is the way Limerick's full forward line is, would Mikey not be tailor made, let's say, for someone like a Graham Mulcahy? Oh yeah, but no question. Have, yeah, more physicality and would suit. So yeah, but I I, mm. I what I said there is I think the fluidity is in the Kilkenny defence. I don't think it'll phase them too much. I think the setup, but I do think that they will want Richie to sit. So that will be an interesting piece early. If Kylie Hedges sent the forward, they'll have the midfielder sitting. That'll be an interesting piece in the Kilkenny forwards work rate. I don't think Kilkenny will push up on the Limerick puck out. I think if you go back to 2019, they had Walter and John Donnelly sitting in beautiful positions. Like I think if you push up on Limerick's puck out, it does pose the question that if everybody pushes up, it does leave the gaps for Tom and Groa to push into. So I don't see that happening. I think that maybe Mike Casey or Barry might get a couple of the puck outs. That, that's one of the things I do see. Um, can you have that lump of factor too and how much will Cody have looked at that ball from Davy Burke into let's say Brian Concannon where like Mike Casey was at full back is, could we see a little bit more of that will Wally start I don't think Wally will start he showed massive hunger when he came on the last day it was a great impact so, so one of the players that might cause Limerick a little bit of problem is Keane Kenny He's runs from the middle of the field the last day there was numerous occasions I know he got a goal and, say, and, and, and the points he got right but there was a couple of other occasions, if you look back at the match, Dillo, where he did get ahead of the ball and he yeah. was on his own. And he has that little burst of pace and his ability to win the ball and win a free. So that could be a key factor for Kenny. And Limerick will definitely have pinpointed him on the VT to say, watch these runs. I've no doubt he'll have picked them up. He does get ahead of the play. He does get ahead of the ball. So that, that, that will be interesting. And look, I think things like maybe the Kilkenny game plan, like... I, I just felt they reverted too much to type against Wexford in, in Nolan Park. At times this year, they've used the balance beautifully, Hoagie. 
I think if they lump it long against Limerick, I I, I don't think it'll suit. I, I I think Limerick will mop that up. So th- th- that that's the piece that they have to really get right is that game plan. And I'm still not sure where the master is in that overall picture as to whether he really buys into that through the lines. And I, that that would be interesting to see. Is and when you come under the cosh against Limerick. Where exactly, and I'll be curious, and I'll be clued in to see where his mind is at. Yeah, and would 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 Liam? I I thought about the TJ Reid, and did you have to sign? I I think Cody'd love for him somewhere, either at centre on on Hannon, who probably wants to hurl a lot of ball, or a contender for hurler of the year, or at left half forward on Burns, another contender for hurler of the year. But they don't really. Yeah. J.S. Manmark. I would have thought maybe would Dan Morrissey be you know a fullback who hacked a Manmark an awful lot of time, you know would be used to the I I, I would if I was who I'm not bloody John Kiley obviously won nothing really much except a couple of small things. No, All Ireland's as a manager, but I thought Dan Morrissey might be the man to, that you'd put on Reid and big man yeah. used to marking and I, the big guy. And I think I think the interesting thing is you know like any time. Like if you take in in nineteen in the final, like the minute I said, Brendan, the minute he crosses the sixty five, you're in, you're on him, you have him. Like so, Brendan Maher was told, anywhere he goes across those six forwards, you follow him, and we'll adjust the defensive unit to suit that. Um, and like you know, if I was TJ Reid, would I be would I be looking forward to going out to be sort of given that free role where I'm not really sure where, depending on where I go, I'll be I'll be marked, or if I knew it was some fella going to be, would he rather be facing into a Mikey Butler or having the freedom of Maybe depending who's going to pick him up in this. So, I think he'd rather play the Limerick structure like Tony Kelly rather than having the Limerick equivalent of a Mikey Butler. So, yeah. if it was me, I would be marking him all day long. I'd have somebody line to say eyeball him and make it uncomfortable for him, uh, especially mm-hmm. early on. We try and dampen his his impact because I do think you know even I suppose like we went with the four man full a half hour line as you know last year against Limerick and and we had. We had somebody out occupying Declan and we let Jason out further to get a little bit of freedom. And he found a lot of space in that area. Now, if TJ Reid was given that space, he'd hurt you. So I think that's what makes it interesting. Um, you know, but Willem O'Donoghue who has been very good at, at marking that space. Um, you know, when Limerick are in their pump, Willem O'Donoghue who is generally very effective at covering off that space. That means that you can't breathe in there and there's no room to get the ball. So I, I think that, that that's going to be very interesting to see how that how that plays out because you know I think the one thing we've learned is that I'd be very surprised if Limerick changed their structure and said actually we're, we're not go with structure now we're going to get Dan Morrissey to mark and we'll adjust everything else around that it doesn't seem to be their style and it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how that plays out. Please. And Mark, just, so go on, Hoggy. Yeah, sorry, you know, just 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 on that piece because I see certain parallels when we were when I was playing where we we we. Apart from that instance with Lara, we never <clears throat> went man to man. You know, we we always looked to try and keep our shape with our six backs, and we would have had conversations around that, and very much the half back line holder position. And um, because you know, and it was a, when we played Galway in twenty twelve, there was a discussion around if you're tracking the runners, you're losing that platform. Yeah, for a launching pad for attacks, you know, and um, players, it's grand you're tracking players, but what happens is, and myself and Joycey ended up colliding because you're backtracking, you're in positions of the field. Look at tracking balls, and you can have those situations. You're holding your position. If I, it goes left, well, I know JJ's in that in that area. And if there's two lads on him, you know, so be it. We'll get there. We'll get bodies there. But you, you know, when, it's just it's it, there, I suppose there isn't a right and wrong as such. It's, it's just mm. that Limerick are looking at it and saying, well, they get so many 
they, get, they launched so many attacks from Dermot Burns, from Hannon and, 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 and Morrissey there that do they want those lads tracking and running over and back? And that's the question is, are they happy to say, well, look, if TJ picks off two or three points, that's okay because those three boys are going to get on so much ball as they have done and, and they're delivering ball into the land. So, you know, it's, I just see that kind of, you know, Limerick are so much settled and, and, and believe so much in their own system that mm. I think you're right. They're very, they, they won't change, you know, they won't, they'll back themselves as they should, I suppose, as champions. And just one question for you, Brian. I, would you say that it's definite that w- Wally won't start? Because Martin Keown was taken out. They scored 117 in the first half, and Martin Keown got the goal yeah. just before half time, but he was whipped off and he didn't really win much of the 50 50s that went in in that first half. Mm. Is he nailed on to start and, and Wally to come in? Or would Wally's presence was look even in the 19 final, only for ice, like he was causing me all sorts of problems in 19, and Paddy mm. went over and quenched the fire and got and got, got a handle on him. I had to bring Paddy from one wing to the other. Yeah, but he was causing me problems. Um, so like, or is it Wally or Parik? Well, I suppose the, the difficulty we have really is that there's been three consistent performing forwards: uh, Mullen, Cody, and, and TJ. And we probably had five or six guys who've been coming in who started and been taken off, and the guys who come in have performed really well, or vice versa. And it's really horses for courses. Being like, does he go like the first half is going to be? You know, even you look back 2019, imposing yourselves. Like John mm-hmm. Donnelly played in front of me where I was sitting in the first half. And I didn't, I couldn't believe the player I was looking at. Like, great stick hurler. The work that he did. Like, he, he literally he blew up after 45 minutes. You mm-hmm. had to take him off. But he hit everything that moved. Mm-hmm. He was throwing his body Incredible. up. Phenomenal. And that's the way it's probably going to be. And, you know, will you get more impact off Wally coming off the bench? I wouldn't necessarily buy into starting Wally purely from a physical, because Keown is a physical lad and he and it's a, ment- it's a mental thing as much as anything because all these guys are physical lads. Will yeah. he do the work rate? Will he put his, and he will, he will, I've like, no doubt about the breeding that's in him, you, you, no fear of that, and then bring a Wally on like they did in the semi-final. So it, it really depends, I suppose. Like if you look at the Kilkenny team, I know we've referenced 2019, like if the team is selected as I think it will be selected, there's only seven lads who played that match. There's been a huge change mm-hmm. in the makeup of the Kilkenny team from 2019. There's only two of the backs that started in that game, and there's only two of the forwards starting in, in the forwards again, if you like. You know, Hugh Lawler and Paddy Deegan started in 2019, and uh, TJ and uh, I think it was Cody. Um, there's a lot of change, you know, and seven, obviously, one or two position changes. So there's a quite a different Kilkenny team, you know, as opposed to Limerick, who, you know, okay, if Keane's not starting, maybe it's, I think it's the 13 of the players. So, you know, yeah. and Massey, Massey Cohen is their highest goal scorer too, Liam. I think he's got four, four goals kind of championship. Like, so yeah, yeah, it's an interesting question, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark, I was going to ask you about midfield, Mark. And like on paper, if, if you if I asked you in one of our shows in, in March that Keen Kinney and Connor Brown, we don't know about Connor Fogarty, was he right? Was it a thumb injury? Yeah. But you know, that's what lined out for the throwing Keen Kinney and, and Connor Brown on O'Donoghue and O'Donovan. You would say they'd blow him out yeah. of it. But in 30 degrees heat, and the, the two boys haven't been showing the consistency that we associate with them, the two Limerick boys. Um, that's a, that's a so, huge area as well. It's not all... It's One time you'd always say, whoever will win midfield nearly win it. That day is gone because it's the support yeah, yeah. job they do. Yeah. Well, like Keen Kenny has given something to Kilkenny that a lot of teams would love to have. He's massive work rate, massive pace. And every time he gets the ball in his hand, he'll more than likely convert 
and not being negative on Will O'Donoghue, I'd say part of his game would be he wouldn't be brilliant at converting opportunities. So Will's, Will's obviously, is like, I call him the enforcer in the middle of the field. Like, will Mullen end up in the middle of the field at some stage? If he does, I don't see a battle between Will O'Donoghue and Mullen. But I, I don't know. Kilkenny are, are, are getting a massive amount out of Adrian Mullen this year. But coming back to the midfielders, more than likely, that will be the, the, the four. But like, Dara Donovan, to be fair, I thought, and I know a lot of people were critical of him the last, I thought he hit a lot of ball in the semi-final. And, you know, sometimes players get, I suppose, a reputation of being taken off early. I thought he was taken off early in that game. Now, saying all that, he, or Limerick brought on five subs the last there, and every one of them made a contribution. Same with Kilkenny, but I don't know if Kilkenny got five fellas to make a massive contribution. Certainly, they have two or three that'll come off the bench. But Limerick are in a really good position, Anthony, with the panel that they have. And, you know, just to move away from the midfield, just to make, I just want to make one point on the forwards, right? I, I think Limerick should definitely consider starting Peter Casey because I think that would give Kilkenny a bit of a headache because Mikey Buckler then would be primed to mark Casey, which would lead me to believe then that Limerick might think that, okay, we're not being critical of Tommy Welch, but he might be seen as the weaker of the three in that full back line to maybe free up Flanagan or Galen off of Mikey Butler. And I definitely think Peter Casey, as a scoring forward on last year's form and previous form, he'd be a major threat. And the fact that Limerick has so many forwards that they can bring on, I'm wondering will they go with their best scoring forwards from the start? Bearing in mind, I've already said that Tom Morrissey and Hegarty haven't contributed a whole pile on the scoring. So I think that could be a fly in the ointment for the match on Sunday about Casey. So I'm sorry, I've, I've gone off your point in the midfield, but, you know, yeah, it would yeah, be certainly no. something I would be considering. Like, Yeah, TJ, I don't know that I would consider him fit enough to start. That the thing, and Graham has been sort of, he hasn't been scoring that much, but he'd been contributing in, in terms of his total selfless play. I like Graham, he, Graham sets the tone, I think. Uh, in fairness to him, like year in, year out, he brings a work rate and an energy and he wins frees. And, you know, he, he, he just he, he just sets the bar for the rest of them. And, and, I, and I think that, do you know I mean, the temptation will be after winning the semi-final to go the same again. Peter... I, I think what he showed last year, he, no doubt he's a class forward, one of the best inside forwards, and his positioning and his brain is superb. He just missed so much time with that cruciate. It's a big ask. Well, he, I, I wouldn't rule it out. It's, it, it's a possible. Um, the other factor here is the, the referee and his approach. Um, not, 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 not so much in terms of himself, but the, the game, as, as Brian said there, it's definitely going to be two exceptionally hard-working teams. So I'm just saying, Liam, if you were the referee this week, um, it, it, but where's your mindset and what, what are we looking for here? And I suppose, look, I'm sure the assessors and, and, and Crow Park want this to be refereed properly and fairly, but it's the approach is the tricky one, isn't it? Like, are you trying to pull everything? Are you trying to say, geez, if I pull everything here, I'm going to be going to whistle every second? It, it's, a, it's a difficult one for him. Yeah, I think it is. And he, he's probably under a bit of scrutiny. Um, so, you know, for, for I hope Colm has his best game ever um, in the All-Ireland final, because I think if he does, It'll mean we'll have a we'll have a cracking match because you know it's if he starts to pull everything early on or he starts to get picky, um, you know I think it'll set the tone. Um, 
And I, I just really hope because, you know, I think when you get to All Ireland final day, you know, most teams, the, the, the team's going out there to really go at it and go at it hard. Um, and if someone crosses the line and, and break, you know, and, and goes over the top, he'll deal with it. No better man. Uh, but I think, you know, the, you know, if we have, if we have a game that's peppered with freeze, I think it'll take away from the spectacle. Um, and I think the players know the edge and hopefully they play to the edge. And if they do, we'll get a right match. But, you know, I, I'd hate to be talking. I'd hate the aftermatch conversation to be focusing around. Like the one thing you want is to facilitate the game and not be the center of attention after the match. Um, you know, if you're to, if, if column is talked less about than the game, we're in a right good place on, on Sunday evening. But I think it's fair. He's carrying a fair bit of pressure um, because, you know, if any of us were managing a team and every day we go and manage and we have a, get a match played, we should go in and face the assessor on Monday morning and say, come here, you've done this wrong, you've done that wrong. I don't, I'm not so sure I'd stay managing teams very, very long. And that's what referees yeah. are exposed to. Like, you're answerable. Like, it's very easy. You know, you get a split second to make a decision. and But the assessor is able to sit down and watch the video back for four or five times and then come in and tell you, well, you got that one wrong, you got that one wrong. So, you know, it's not an easy job. And I hope for everyone's sake, he has his best and conditions. Yeah, conditions could bring searing heat where concentration and with a question mark about Hawkeye and even for umpires and yeah. pace fitness of levels. And That's where fitness, fitness levels. levels every, 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 everything's in question now, isn't it? The weekend, isn't it? But why would why yeah. wouldn't we decide to let two extra water bottles carriers in? Or, and like like what we'll probably have now is on if, if someone gets five pints in a row, a fella is going to throw off the helmet and he'll manufacture a break where everybody gets a drink. Because that's the way they can do it. Once the helmet goes off, you have to stop the match. So you're gonna have all these side shows going on. Whereas if he actually said, Look, there's an extra why not put in an extra water a water guy on each side of the pitch and say we'll we'll facilitate water? Like if players player welfare is important, why don't we take a small action? You know, we're more intent on getting people off and away out of it. But like what's wrong with fight with just a break and play, give them the bottle back out again? I, anyway, look. That's sorry, a big I, great I, idea. I it's a great idea on Monday, Liam. Like you know, and they'll take it on board probably for the football final. Then you know, but um, it's a bit like even, not showing even, the minor final on the big screens inside in Crop Park. Yeah, um, but even for the referee, Liam, even for the referee and the umpires, just to get a drink of water because thirty-five yeah. minutes moving around in that searing heat, like it, it, the forecast is saying it could be thirty degrees. 30 so degrees. like concentration levels, like all that. So yeah, good good call today. Now would be to have um, that help provided now. Absolutely. Well, I'd, I'd like to see his linesmen way more involved, lads. If, they, if it's going to be as warm as it is, that the linesmen are in, yes. you know, in on yeah. the field, and you know, you know, I, I think that's it's impossible for the referee possibly to be as fit as these players. Like, you know, the levels they've gone to, and uh, yeah, it's a huge day for Cullum, uh, proud day for Nemo Rangers, and unusual for Nemo yeah. to have a, a hurling final referee, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, I I, 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 was still playing when Cullum came on the scene. To be fair, and and I, I relate him a little bit to Dickie Murphy, right? Who a very friendly referee, you know, yeah. no, no way aggressive, um, and I think the, the players like that approach as well. Um, it is a massive day for Cullum and his family and all his uh, backroom staff, the umpires and stuff like that, that have been with him since day one. And it's fantastic for him to be getting the All Ireland final. I know some fellas have said maybe this come a couple of years too late for him. I don't think that myself personally. I think Colum has, has worked himself into a position. Um, and look, I suppose everybody wishes that everything goes well. And exactly what, what, what Liam has said there, you don't want to chat on Monday morning about some of the decisions. But you're 100% right, Anthony. The linesmen, his umpires, 
whoever's above in the box have got to give him as much help as possible. It is not a good situation to see that Hawkeye was stood down at halftime in the semi-final last Saturday, stood down on Sunday. Does it bring in the semi-final victory? Galway are looking at it at the moment. Two points that were disallowed by a Hawkeye. Wardy actually scores now. Could that have turned the decision? It's not good for the GA, Anthony, that Hawkeye has come into, um, I suppose, you know, to be scrutinised and to be stood Dis- down. Disrepute. <laughs> a red card for Hawkeye, I would be saying. But, like, isn't it disappointing to think I don't, there's no announcement yet whether Hawkeye is going to be in use or not on Sunday. Am I right in saying that? I haven't there's heard trials. this. I think there's trials again today, Mark. And they're saying the right. only issue was the, the young, young Walsh from um, Chain Walsh, isn't it? From Galway, a footballer. Right. We all could right. see it was clearly over the bar. The umpire could see it was over the bar. And the technology told us it wasn't over the bar. And well, it, it, Jesus, it, it, it would have been, Anthony, Anthony, mm. sorry, wouldn't it have been some situation if that score happened in the second half and the game was decided if it was a draw or it was decided by a point? At least the the referee was able to get to halftime and clearly see that the ball was over the bar. And, you know, it's just mm. not a, acceptable. It's as simple as that. We have well, to believe the technology. Wasn't there a point, TJ, in, in the 20s, All-Ireland, didn't it? You know, potentially Limerick could have got a draw. Um, could have got a draw, yeah. If, if Hawkeye was switched on. So it wasn't switched on for the first match and it was in use for the second game. Is that, is it? Is that correct? That's that right, yeah. yeah. It was a kick shot that literally the, the, the goalkeeper, Conor Harry Clack, brought down and you know, the, the, the umpire gave the point. It didn't look like it was over, but he, he, he did give it. Like So yeah, it wasn't in use for that game. So yeah, again, like you said about the referee, like you want these kind of nail, you, you don't want kind of question marks after a game as to whether a point was over the bar or not. Like So you're hoping that they won't be factors. Yeah, but like, was Bubbles one over the bar now, Hoggy? You're going to admit it, like, the no. free in 14. <laughs> but that wide. <laughs> Bob left Hawkeye, that's all I'll say. But, lads, isn't it incredible? 82,000 people are playing 90 euros a hit. We can't have the bloody technology right. Like, she's on about putting sh- chips and schlitters. And it's, it's working for Wimbledon, like a world tournament. That's the most yeah. famous tennis tournament uh, Ever and always will be. Isn't it? I think it's the it's same program, isn't it? It is like, why can't it be right for a hurling game or even a Gaelic football game the size of the bloody thing? Yeah. Three, five times the size of a, 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 a tennis ball, like. Yeah, I just don't know. It's difficult for umpires because, like the last game against uh, Galan, swung a couple of balls, like they're up high in the air, like it's, it, it is difficult. So, like you do. Do it, Hawkeye, and we need it to be right. So I suppose it will be an important call over the next twenty-four to forty-eight hours. Well, TJ, um, is this is so, this putting uh, Max Max call for more technology into further disrepute now among ourselves? Because we wouldn't have been in favour of all the I, Mark wants stops and clear I've, and all that. Kind I've of had these conversations TMO. with Mark. I've had these conversations with Mark publicly and privately, even as late as last Saturday down a brilliant day down with Mullins. I introduced him to international rugby referee George Clancy. George is with me on this, right? He was kind of saying on one point incident in the semi final, we went back three minutes. Like he's saying, like, what are you asking for? How far back are you checking? Like, there are so many questions here about technology and VAR. I think if we can't get simple basics right first, right, we can't move to the next level. So at this moment in time, the next level of VAR is not in play for me. Agreed. 
Yeah, well, in fairness, you're, you're right about the great day in William Mullins's and certainly bringing us places that we never thought we'd be and meeting people I thought I'd never meet. It was an honour and a privilege to meet George Clancy. He did say to me, we'll have a chat at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the tour for five minutes to go through Hawkeye. Unfortunately, we didn't get that opportunity. But now that the lines of communication are open, TJ, I'll be expecting you, Will... We'll be setting up a meeting with George, right? And if we need to bring him to Crocker, right? Um, we'll bring him. The lads, the lads in Crocker could maybe learn a little bit from our friends in the rugby because I have found that uh, watching the playbacks in rugby, they have about six or seven different angles. It doesn't take an awful lot of time to get the decision right. It does. And I'll it always does. say this. I just want to get the decision right because nobody wants to come away think, with a controversial yeah, score, I, losing the game or winning the game. I think we all want to get the decision right. But what I'm saying is the grey areas around the tackle, about the hurley, mm. about the black card, about the lines, like what, what exactly the rules are. I think there's way more question marks about that right now before we even get as far as there. Yeah. But let's not go there anymore. Yeah. Dale, one other what, thing. I what, about the, very, very... Yeah. what about the line? Touch are we going to have the line introduced for the, the scoring no, opportunity no. for the all Ireland final? Liam's line, Liam's line. Again, again, Marky, it, it, everything's okay till it's not okay. If there's a controversial decision, and yeah. if I remember correctly, I think there's Colin was in the middle of the pitch for the Wexford, for the Wexford and Clare match. Clare game. Yeah. And they're yeah. not, we're, we're not doing him any favours. There's enough going on. No. Like, those four lines could go in this week. They could be gone by Sunday evening. They could be gone by Monday morning. And it gives the umpires and the referees clarity and takes away guesswork. I'm blown to faith. But again, you know, if we suggested, probably nothing that we ever suggest because we're seen as nearly coming from the other side. We're not. All we're really coming we're at it is to make the game easier to facilitate easier. and make it easier on the referee. And those four lines would have made a difference. I hope it's not a talking point on Sunday night or Monday morning because, to me, it's there's no need for it. If the if the line was there, it would be very clear. You're either inside the line or outside the line. If you're inside, it's a penalty. Otherwise, that column has to use guesswork again the weekend. And I think yeah. those type of things, Mark, has to be cleared up before we even get as far as VAR. That's, that's the point I was making. The other thing I want to discuss is TJ Reid is almost 35, right? And I know there's been a lot spoken, and Liam, probably you have fielded some of these questions more than any of the rest of us. Like, But incredible, fully worth his place, like not too probably far off a hurler of the year category in what he's doing. Um, I think potentially maybe on Sunday if things go his way, like he could go down as one of the greatest, like unbelievable ball winner, what he brings to the team, like the last day, winning the ball, spraying it out to the lads, just an incredible player. And to be still doing it and what he's doing is just phenomenal. Yeah, it really is incredible. And, you know, the GOAT is, is well described, Anthony, that, that he spoke about earlier on. Like, even his flicks the last day, you know, I mean, twice yeah. Conor Cleary got the ball. Like, he he, he robbed him in, the, in in open daylight. Like, I mean, the flicks were just, were just incredible. And those small things go unnoticed. His ability to get into tackle, even... Uh, Potty was trying to Potty Fitzpatrick was trying to come out one stage and he went to go backwards and there was TJ getting in the block and then he gets a little flick out to Potty Walsh ball over the bar he just he does all of the simple things right but managing his energy is going to be a test for them um, on on uh, Sunday TJ because like he's not he's not superhuman either you know and it, you know that, I expect that that that's going to be intense out there around the middle so I think it's how often you let him out there and when you give him his breaks because I think he'll have to get a chance they'll want him in the pitch right up to the last minute because if they get a free 100 yards out you know his conversion rate is incredible uh from all angles of the pitch so you'll want him on the pitch right to the end 
So I think how they manage him, and I'd say you'll see him probably getting in, getting his five five or six minute break inside, and then coming back out because I don't know would he be able to last seventy five. Like, you know, if you even if you're 20, 24, 25 and you're stuck out there in the middle of that pitch for for um, for seventy two or seventy three minutes, you're going to suffer on on uh, on on Sunday. So you know, Mark, Eva, I know you said about the weather, but actually in this one, you know, I think. In, if you look at the Kerry team last week, I think for any of the guys that were over 30, they were all gone off the pitch by the 48 minutes mm. or something, I'd say roughly. So, like, age does become a factor because, you know, you're just running out of gas. It's just, it's just the body, it's genetics. I mean, you're, you're, you're empty. Mm. And by the time, you won't have to worry about keeping him on or bringing him back on if he's gone off for penalties this time around because it's, we're going to a replay. And Jesus, Mark, that'll shove the club championships in Limerick and Kilkenny way back again if they were two weeks again. Like, but uh, I hope he'll be okay at home. <laughs> 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 hi, G, hi. You're on definitely, you're definitely on the yellow calf. You won't give it to TJ, give it to you tonight now because there was no moment in this season. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is something just for the people out there to think there is penalties every single day this year. There's not on Sunday. <laughs> Ogie. Have you enough on the bench to match what they have on the bench? We saw the impact of, of Lynch. Obviously, he may not be there. Casey, hugely David Reedy. Connor Boylan has been very good, and that's not even mentioned on Carl O'Neill. Um, obviously, I think Pat Ryan is a big loss from that role. Obviously, gone off the panel, but have you enough? You'll have Walter, you'll have John Donnelly. Will Connor Fogarty be fifth? Um, you know, is Killian Buckley an option? Because you will need, if this heat is going to, like, 15 are not going to win it in this heat. Just and just add in on the mix there, Richie Hogan. I was above in the watching mm. the match last day in the well, centre. And, and they said that Richie Hogan was after lighting it up in training. So is he in the mix as well, just to, to add him into the mix? Well, Liam Hogan yeah. was in Spain, but he told us he was coming on to that stair. So right. yeah, no, well, he was, didn't need to, didn't need to. I, yeah, he, he's, he, he's flying it by all accounts. I heard he was flying it and then they put him in a Mikey Butler and he was a bit quieter. <laughs> And I, I hope that wasn't wasn't the reason um, they, they, they drew a line through him. But um, I was really hoping to see him for 10 minutes. I mean, he's mm. had a, obviously, he's well documented over the last number of years. But over the last few weeks, he's he's finished up now in, in, in the job. And, you know, he's uh, planned to go traveling, different things after the season and that. So he's he's in great nick. Uh, just chatting to one of the boys yesterday. They said the same thing. Said, yeah, he's flying it. Um, so you look... The way I'd love to see him the, the, from a Kilkenny perspective, uh, would they make some story for him to come on on Sunday and put a, put one or two over the bar to get over the line, having the disappointment of 2019 and 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 and, and everything that went with it. Um, the bench, like, look, obviously the bench is important at this level any day, but with the heat that mm -hmm. they're forecasting, I think it's even more important. And I think it's how they use the bench, um, you know. Um, they're going to have to be strategic about it. Absolutely, TJ. They're going to have to actually manage them, I think, because, like, as any player, you know, they want to get involved. They want to, they, there's no, you can't go out and, and mind yourself. You can't go out and say, oh, well, I'm going to hold a bit back for the last 20 minutes. It doesn't work like yeah. that. So yeah. I think the lads in the line have a responsibility um, to try and manage that. Um, these guys are all GPSed up and, you know, yeah, they, they can see what's happening, you know. So maybe it's a case that, look, we need to, bring him into the full forward line, you know, corner forward, give him a break, rotate as a bit more. The lads on the bench, it depends what way the match is going, I think, Delo. Um, I think if the match is in a certain, you know, if, if say, for example, you know, if, if we're leading, 
we're whole, you know, and we need a bit of experience. We've got loads of experience to bring on. We've got Killian, you've got Connor, you've got Wally. You know, you've got lads with, with, that know how to close a match out, you know, what it what what needs to be done. We don't have maybe a Jack O'Connor for Cork or a guy who can come in that's just a different a, a player who can just you know a wild card you know if we're chasing the match and we need to kind of really open things up um but we do have a lot of experience there we have a lot of lads that know what it takes what's involved um and it's how you use them you know i think limerick are are are, are masters at it you know and, and david reedy case in point you know the way he came on the last day and got the boys over the line and has been doing it consistently for them over the last number of years again he even back stars 2019 so so there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of probably more so than any other game and any other day uh, with the conditions and with the opposition how you use that bench and how you use the individuals on the bench um which will be you know kind of a subplot almost you know that we'll be looking at post the match and did it work or did it not you know but it can be an interesting yeah. factor i was here in the 50 plus minutes was here mm. if a team makes two or three substitutes close together. So all of a sudden, your detailed Mark Road Hegarty or detailed Mark Tom Morris here in the middle of the field. The next thing, Colin O'Neill is in, Peter Casey's in, David Reedy is in. There's big changes. It can be a moment in the game which j- just when things can change a good bit. You, you could yeah, imagine being, sure. being exhausted. Like 50 minutes in, your defender and Massey Keown comes off and next thing, Wally comes on. Six foot, whatever you six, you know, and you're that physical exertion it's going to take to hold him fresh or at the other end of the field you've got a peter casey coming on who is fresh who can shoot the lights out you know and, and in that heat and you're after tracking Volkahi or someone for 50 minutes and now you're detailed to mark this guy coming you know so so it, it's and it's how you use these guys so yeah it's it's it, it will be intriguing you know for sure and like even if i go back to like we were 10 points up obviously going down the tunnel in the fear and heat last year in the monster final mm. and Jeez, like it's after going so well, you're saying you can't really, you know, surely they'll be fine for they'll be fine, they'll, you know, they'll be fine for 10 to 50. But like the jerseys were off, I looked through a few of them, I said, Oh, Jesus, like they're 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 struggling, or this heat is intense, you know. But like, and the, the 39th minute, it was still, I think, 10. Um, and like we, by the 50th minute, you know, game over, the, the momentum had completely swung and we were washed up. Um, and then you're bringing them on, but like, you know, that's the thing about the heat, like. You know, you, I thought with the fifteen minute break, you might get a bit of gas into the into the bodies, and you'll be able to go again. But like, you know, Dan and some of the lads had put in such a shift in the first half, like there was there was nothing left there. So like, it is, it's hard to get the absolute timing right because sometimes you might think a fella's going okay, and you say, "Geez, we get another five or six minutes out of him." But in hurling, five or six minutes, one four, one five, gone. Yeah. You know, so that's and that's. Liam, can I, can I just ask you, that, that's a brilliant point you're making there, right? In the kind of 10 or 11 minutes there, the, the game had gone for you. And being on the line that day, just can you just, how did it feel? You know, you see it slipping away in front of you and you're trying to say, how can we rescue this? Like, just what were your feelings on, on that day, just that during that 10 or 11 minute period? But it, it, it happens fairly quickly. Um, and the reality is they got on top. They got on top in all, in all sectors. Um, Mark, like it wasn't, it, you know, we started to lose every line in the pitch. We couldn't, we simply couldn't get our hands in the ball. Limerick only, Limerick, Limerick only had to put in one tackle in the third quarter against Tipperary. 
So because they every time we poked it out, they got their hands in it. And when they got their hands in it, we couldn't get it back off. And so they didn't have to try and wrestle it back off us again. So when this limerick machine starts to move and they get their triangles going and they start to deliver a ball in in front of their inside line, they're serious, they're a serious, serious team. Um, and as I said, they have their way of playing. Um, you know, they halfbacks drop it down, midfielders uh, pick it up and they get it in. So like there's there's a serious here, and as you said, like they can hit you really quick. You know, in Holland, one four one five can go in reasonably quickly, and then you know you look back and say, Jesus, why didn't they act? But you're trying to play it out and say, well, like when you're ten points up, it's hard to say. We'll take, off three, we'll, we'll take off three lads now. You know, yeah, you'd be um, savage. Yeah. You'd be savage if it went went wrong after doing that, Liam. Yeah, and there's an element of gambling involved, isn't there? We there we, we like there a is. punt. The four of us, I suppose, and Hogino <laughs> has been dragged into it as well by Landers getting the two hundred quid off him <laughs> for the Come On Racing Club, but. But like there is an element of gambling, like you 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 yeah. are taking a chance, and um, sometimes you'll make it worse by making changes as well. Like, yeah, yeah, no, you see, there's no right or wrong answer, but as you said, but uh, you know, when you look back, I, I you know, I did have the data in front of me was telling me, but I just thought with the momentum we had, we'd squeeze another ten minutes out of it, and we could hold a little bit. But like that, it can it can go on you. So like that that heat, that searing heat. You yeah. know, it's it's just something we're not accustomed to. It's a big shift, and I suppose obviously our we you know our age profile would be at the other end. So, um, yeah. hindsight, like, what does like someone it, say? hindsight is the foresight of a gobshite. So uh, it probably is. Uh, <laughs> it's probably very spot on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it was definitely there was definitely Sorry, a tactical Mark. move. Sorry, yeah, there was definitely a tactical move by Limerick. Yeah. of using the bench in the semi final because. They brought off the brand fellas in the 54th, 57th, 64th, 62nd, and 67th minute. Within 13 minutes, they had five fresh legs on the field. Mm. And like they certainly, whatever data they're using or whatever is feeding into it, to bring on five subs, bang, 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 in a short period of time, certainly, and it worked, TJ. Like, I mean, mm. it certainly got you over the line because that, that game was really, really tight. I know, Mark, but the only thing I keep saying about all these things, right, is you, you're saying it worked because they won the game. Like, mm. we're, we're all very much in the zone as we wait till the end, right? Like, I could have said maybe on the day that maybe a couple of minutes sooner we could have made a change here and there. But if you wait till the end of the game to say, just a bit like mm. what Liam has said there, right, you don't know until the end of the game. And if you win the game, irrespective of where Liam put on three, took off three, didn't make any change. If you won the game, he was right. And then basically, even though he might have done the right thing, if he lost the game, he was wrong. So we wait till the end to decide as to whether they're... But it is normal now like to change up the legs. And Sunday, yeah. 3.30 as well, probably be the height of the heat. Like So uh, like it will definitely be a factor. And it'll definitely be for these sports science yeah. guys looking ahead to the weekend. And like you'll probably see reduced warm-ups or um, certainly maybe less energy-sapping warm-ups and maybe... I know in the past you're trying to maybe come under the stand there, not to be in the glaring sun through the warm up. So all those things will come into play. So yeah, huge factor now. Yeah, yeah, and obviously a lot more protocol with the All Ireland final as well, with with meeting mm. the president and all the bits and pieces to go with it. So it is a different day than any other day. Um, it was given it great going over. I think I think I won't be asking you for predictions. I think we know we have an idea, Hoagie. You're still you're, yeah. you're going to stick the black and amber flag up by and you're dead right. And we feel maybe that Limerick's experience will, will get them there even without Keen. Um, I, I I by the weekend I was saying with Lynch or uh, uh, that the Limerick definitely, but I think that is a factor. I don't think they're the same team without him, and I I I think that tightens my mind up again. But still give the nod uh, to Limerick. So here's hoping we have 
a fantastic weekend, uh, TJ. I know you're you're going to regale us on Saturday night. The Clare twenty five year dinner will have to be stopped to have a look at you on up for the match. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I'd be a nice quiet weekend. Hopefully, everything will go our way. And in such a, I'll be I'll be ready for Sunday. I'll be trying to mind myself and not make sure I'm not dehydrated Sunday morning <laughs> myself, and that I'm re- I'm ready for the long day ahead. Hopefully, and. Uh, sure, yeah, the to be looking forward to it. I think Liam, I think said there at the start of the year about that it, it is it will be something different if you had let's say a really roasting day where fans are out, the sunshine. It will be a, a just a brilliant occasion. I'm pro- I, what you said at the height of the show. I'm probably in your camp to say Do you know what it is a small bit quick and it's a small bit early, but I just think with the heat and the travel, I, th- I think it just it has the makings of a magic day now. And yeah. I, I, I'm also hearing Hoagie, you're not giving back any tickets. So I think that the, the Kilkenny will be coming strong. Like, so I've had a couple of Kilkenny fellas saying it's a long time since we won in All-Ireland, believe it or not. Like, so, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's all set up beautifully. It sure oh, is. Look, it sure is. Yeah. Dela, don't forget the fact of 50 now, Dela, for yourself, kid. <laughs> You'll be out there giving us a wave. I'm just a bit concerned with you there now. Will you have a straw hat with you? I might oh, bring the straw hat, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. Uh, we have hey, the new suits. Hey, we might have to leave off the waistcoats. I said it's going to be that warm, Mark. Worse again, yeah. Mark. We're going, we're going back. We're going back indoors, so we we, we have to give up our, our stall yeah. here. There's going to be a good few thousand in that corner, so we're going back. We're going back into the corner, so the uh, the air conditioning better be good. Tell Baker I was asking from Della. I will, I will, I will. I'll be, I'll be, yeah, we have a great crew. Everyone is going and, and uh, you know, it's fantastic what it says, you know, so so much can happen in life and it's 27 years since 95. I think Wexford have been honoured as well um, and he, all our backroom staff, I think Pat Casey would have been always about Paz, has passed away, unfortunately, um, but everyone else there and, and uh, all the girls have come with us as well, so we, we, we should have a good yeah, weekend. Uh, hats off to Shawnee McMahon, who did most of the organisation. I have to say, uh, great joke. But um, no, sure. Look, any f- look. Uh, the fantasy's over. TJ has that one. Is that right? Uh, TJ, I think right? so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I like guys playing and stuff. Yeah, I don't want my captain playing. Like, I still have a chance. Unbelievable, yeah, so Marco. You have a captain, though. Dermot Burns to get one I seven. Have... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, 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 I have seven, I think six or seven playing. Yeah, but I, I, I'm probably nearly conceding unless Burnsy stepped up with a couple of points from play. The two from play, the last day, I think Liam, you have him as captain as well. Man, we got the two points from play. Yeah, Liam, I, I'm always learning, kid. I'm always learning. <laughs> but, yeah, what uh, you want? I think what the battle, the battle, there'll be what a bit of a battle Marco? for the silver, silver and bronze medals now. So we're, want, we're, giving, we're giving TJ the gold medal. I you want and I have the captain and I have the, the manager. So I could have a small squeak. I'm oh. keeping an eye. I've nothing. Yeah. I don't. I've nothing. <laughs> oh, that suits us perfectly. Once, we, once you obey it, we're happy. <laughs> what you want here, Landers, is you want the draw and, and you want extra time and Burnsy to get three more points next time. <laughs> and then you'll be making for the replay. And TJ has no captain for the replay. I tell you, I think what happened, yeah. Nice think, man, oh, yeah. Geez, I, f- I forgot about that, actually. Yeah, I hadn't talked about that, Dale. I like oh, it. I like it. See, see. Extend. Uh, uh, come on. You're a great day, lads. Hoagie, already you're getting your 200 quids value. You went all the way. Three hours off the plane, you, you hit you hit for Willie Mullins' yard. 
And listen, there's no there's there's no end to what I'll do for a good for a horse race or for to, to look at a few <laughs> horses. You know me and the passion I have for this. So yeah, uh, Jesus. I didn't know it, it was a great morning. Really enjoyed it. Um, lovely set 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 up down there um, with the Mullins and as the boys of the attest, they were, they were you know, very accommodating. Jesus, the answers everyone's questions. I had plenty of them. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but uh, ah, look, great great turnout and yeah. Um, I can only thank Mr. Landers for encouraging me to join the uh, uh, Come On Racing. Any chance you get a couple of more guys to come in there, Jackie Turrell and, and uh, um, Mick Kavanagh and a few more of them depart with the 200 quid? Is there any chance, Huggy? I'll, I'll, I'll put a feeler out, you know, but you know yourself, handing money over to a cork man now is always a difficult <laughs> challenge, so, <laughs> difficult sell, but you're like... It's I a feel tip, I can do. Check it's in, a tip. Check it's a tip man with two sons playing for Limerick on Sunday. That's handling the money. Don't yeah, worry. Right. <laughs> check in with Chad there and see can you get a global flavour involved. See oh, what Chad is. <laughs> now you're talking meme. Yeah, yeah. He show you a thing or two with any of the horse. We had a great run uh, the other night. She she was too keen, Mark. It's uh, Literatus, was she? Too keen, and, and even though Kevin said that the ground, he wouldn't put the ground down as a factor, it still wasn't a help, I'd say, at the same time. The winner in the second came up on the outside and boxed, and between, he was between the two of them, and he got a bit of a boxing about a furlong out. But as, as Una Manning said afterwards, look, she'll have her day, but I, I would say a little bit more juice in the ground would be a bit of a help. Um, but look, it's a magnificent crowd. But let's go back to the... Um, there was a couple from America planned their holidays around Alan and his and his expectant wife were there and uh, we met him at Willie Mullins's and they were in Killarney as well on Tuesday night so like Jeez. that just shows the massive interest that's out there Anthony both for people who listen to the podcast and for people who are inside the racing club as well so I think you know the Willie look you're dealing with the best uh, manager, <clears throat> trainer in the country, no disrespect to everybody else. A man that had 10 winners in Cheltenham last year and Come On Racing Club is able to open that door to go in and they are more than, as I said at the end of the thing, this is the start of a lovely relationship and I hope a successful one with the Mullinses um, from a Come On Racing point of view and anybody that we, we have, have has attended and even Brian and his uh, maiden voyage to a race uh, facility it was magnificent, and for a man to hop off the plane after getting, I suppose you had, it was a three weeks hog you were off for. I mean, it, that shows great commitment from the members. So we are looking forward to, uh, we're looking forward. She'll, Katie Tay will run in the start of August, more than likely. Uh, I spoke to Jim Balger yesterday. He said the purple gown literatus will more than likely have to wait for the ground conditions closer to the time. And we'll know in about three weeks' time what the situation is with Willie McCreary's house. He said, look, give me until the end of July, and I know exactly what we're doing there. But look, there are still a couple of spaces. We've over 420 members signed up. I've paid the 200 euros, and I think they're getting good value for their money. And if there's some more people want to join, just 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 go onto the website, come on racing, and, and, and pay the 200 euros, and away we go. We'll have a bit of fun and have a bit of crack. Great stuff. Uh, I know there'll be a few fogras. I'll just get mine in quickly. Thank the two of my very lads we had on Saturday. They were bonding and they were doing a bit of swimming back in Kilrush. So they bonded here and we gave them a winner as well, actually. Uh, yeah, you had Mike Murphy there. Do, do you remember Mike Murphy hurling? He met me on Sunday in the bank at the Do I remember him? Do I remember him? <laughs> 
Would you forget Morph on the field and all of the team, the Pat Kings of this world and the Actually, Mikey Nolans and the Duns and George Friend of Jesus Christ, stop with you. Oh, yeah, but in great form, and, and they really enjoyed their day, I think. And we, uh, the lads from Eskeaton as well, they were at the 50th. They were heading out to Arran for two nights. That's the way to do a 50th now. Head off to Arran, give Marty Browns a twist. You know, give the pubs in Arran and Doolin a twist as well. Don't be having an old few bottles in the house. Like That's the way to do a 50th, you know. But uh, I'll teach you, especially everyone that came to Five Bands, lads. We made it, you know, what a magic day we had here on Sunday to thank everybody involved just a quick. Want uh, two great lads from Ballylanders, TJ. They came in for one pint. Was talking to them because I said there's no Limerick jerseys allowed. They had a Limerick top on them. They had been asked the gig in the gig in Ballylanders around the crack. But they were saying we're going now. I see you going already. No, we're only going into the B and B and Killrush to park the car. They said they got their wristbands. They're going in and they're out for the evening. I can't think of their names, but they'll know who they are. Um, Limerick diehards, but they, they enjoyed the day. Um, and everything went off great, so that's 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 me with the Fogger Foggers. It looked like a, a mini sleigh, yeah. It looked like a mini sleigh down there, the yellow. In fairness, you looked like you had a great setup, yeah. so and you, and you got the weather as well, so everything went right. best. Just a couple two or three small ones for me. Uh, Jerdowns and Nakaderi GA was on to yeah. me. They have no, a no, nice no. draw coming up towards the end of the year. Nakaderi GA and Camogie Club, where for a ticket for 20 euros, you can win a dream holiday worth 10,000 euros. And this week, if you buy the ticket, you're in for an early bird to get a potentially two tickets for the Ireland final. So you can just check out Nakaderi GEA and Kamogi Club. The second one is I'm involved in a charity here in Limerick Cleaners Foundation and they have an interfirm day next week at the races in Limerick uh, next uh, Thursday. Basically, you can go on to cleaners.ie and basically for every company at 250 euros, you can bring four people to the races. You'll be assigned a horse. If your horse wins, you'll get a prize. You can win, to win an overall prize, a big prize at the end of it, which is basically a corporate day at the races. So for all the companies locally, if, if, if that's of interest to you, great. And on a sad note, a brilliant Limerick supporter, uh, Niall Rochford, up in Ashford Castle, uh, lost his wife yesterday. Uh, so just send my sympathies to, to Niall and all the Rochfords and all the family. Niall's been just one of the most passionate supporters of Limerick GA and myself down through the years. Just a sad time this week. We're all looking forward to the match and they just have a very difficult scenario. So just massive sympathies to Niall and, and all the Rochfords and his family. Today. I think also on that. I think also on that day it would be important to, men- to mention Colin McGurk. Um, you seem to have done superb work in Derry. Uh, you know some of the some of the things that have been was spoken about yeah. him and his contribution. You know he was obviously on the '93 team, but I think with hurling and football, he's numerous medals with Lavi. Um, again, it's it's always sad, and it's a real hit to the GA community. But just to say, as you said, for anybody that's having those type of scenarios, that our thoughts and prayers are certainly with, with them and all of our family and friends. We'll yeah. Mark, you, you had a couple, I think, there, Yeah, John. I have a couple. Joey Blake from Adrigal uh, contacted me to say that their uh, 10th anniversary uh, duck race is on in August. They also have some sheep racing involved as well. They reckon that they have one for the Command Racing Club. So <laughs> thanks, Joey, for that. And uh, Tom Harrington there from Passage West, in terms of Passage, the last three or four years, they've had their predictor quiz for the All Ireland final. So again, to give them a shout out. Um, you can buy a ticket for a tenner or a family for three entries for 20 euros. So, get a couple of fogger foggers on my side, Dela. Okay, is there any of the ducks um, from Adrigal dress? Um, is there any of them still there 10 years later, like TJ Reid? Oh, no, certainly not. <laughs> TJ is going to keep going on and on and on, but it's seven years since he lifted or was involved in the Lee McCarthy. And here's a question for you. I think I'm right in saying that his brother Richie 
is the captain this weekend. So mm -hmm. if Richie lifts the cup, that would be two brothers that have lifted the Lee McCarthy. Are there any other sets of brothers out there who have lifted the Lee McCarthy? I'd say the, the, well, the Finley boys, uh, the uncles of Mix, Hoagie. Um, and I know Liam. Ger and Liam. No? And Liam. Well, I know Liam lifted it twice. He lifted the old one and the new one. That's a bit of, a, a bit of a unique history. I'm not Michael sure. Michael Finley lifted. Colin. Colin was never captain, was he? He was captain, was but captain. They, didn't, they didn't win it the year he was captain. No. Um, listeners will contact us, no doubt. Yeah. Larry's on one Google in Spain somewhere. Yeah. So great stuff, lads. Nearly two hours. <laughs> um, and not much to be taken out of it today, Mark. Fair play to you. You were on your best behaviour. <laughs> <laughs> Frost. Now that we're heading to Conifice Jules this evening uh, for a day or GA club for a few, no cameras, um, we might let the hair down tonight, Della. <laughs> Just, just beware. No phones allowed, Connor Fitz, if you hear this before tonight. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Great stuff, lads. And uh, look, the best of luck, TJ. The best of luck, Hoagie. Uh, the best of luck to Cullum as well, I suppose. Um, and Liam, have, tell tell everybody in RT, have the air conditioning on there for the two of us. <laughs> Q's all be okay. <laughs> okay, lads, have a, have a great All-Ireland weekend. And... Uh, not sure what the lineup yet is for uh, Monday, but sure we'll talk to you on Monday, folks. Uh, best weekend of the year should be a bank holiday. I'll be making it a class of a bank holiday anyway. So, so will I. Uh, yeah, you usually do as well. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. All right, lads. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks to our sponsors, Renault. The Renault Capture, the versatile, compact family SUV. You're still the one I run to. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo, you got to get Andy Murad into the game. We're missing what the show is. Then we're no longer the whipping boys of Monday.